Welcome, Guardians. It's October 29th and 30th, 2017, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 57, and on this show, uh, we're we're kind of doing a do-over. I, I actually sent out that we'd recorded an episode last week, well, two weeks ago. Was it last week? I don't know. It's been a little while. And we talked for about three and a half hours about the current state of Destiny. And it, while it was very cathartic, we decided that that we should just uh, not just beat the dead horse that we did so well. I mean, we it wasn't... It was basically a conversation that we just kind of started recording and didn't ever do an intro, didn't really discuss much, we didn't have much notes to go by, so uh, we decided to uh, do it again. We have respawned, and we have have settled down a little bit, and we're ready to to talk a little bit about some of the issues that we all know about with with Destiny 2, and... um, But it's not going to be completely about issues. We're going to talk about what's going good and what's coming down the road and what's fun and kind of the state of our show and our opinions. So I am X-Rayman, and and, uh, with me today I've got uh, Drop Slasher Mirror. How's it going, Drop Slash? Uh, Busy. So I'll just say this now because I've gotten like, like people messaging me on Twitter and sending me stuff. And if I haven't replied, it's because I am moving. Uh, in fact, I am moving in less than 48 hours. I am packing up a truck with my dog and my stuff and driving to the East Coast. Uh, so the past month for me has been an absolute whirlwind of like saying goodbye to people and getting my apartment cleaned out and doing all the final paperwork and shutting down utilities and blah, 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 blah. It's just been a lot of work to do by myself. So, yeah, I've been a little busy. Uh, I've still been playing a ton of Destiny 2, uh, as I was just talking to some folks about. I am I just broke combined Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 over 3,000 hours, I believe, total. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. And in Destiny, I've been playing a lot of Warframe, which I am finding exceptionally fun. Uh, but in Destiny 2... Uh, I was sort of getting burned out. Uh, there wasn't a lot for me to do. Like, I, I've hit all my 305 characters. I've got all the gear that I want, all the stuff that I like. There's just not a lot of sort of incentive to play the game. Uh, but then the ridiculous glitch came around, and it finally was made common knowledge. Uh, I've been playing with it beforehand, but once the cat was out of the bag, I really just sort of went nuts. Because uh, I didn't want to record any of that stuff on my Xbox Live. Because, I mean, I don't know what the implications are, but once it was just posted, I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody knows about it now. Uh, and I went everywhere. <laughs> everywhere you can go in the game, I went to. Uh, I broke into all the strike zones. I busted out of the geometry on every single planet. I got way down deep into the uh, the inverted spire, which is an amazing zone when there's no enemies down there and the radiolarian doesn't hurt you. You can just run around and look at all this cool stuff that's down there. It sort of feels bad that most players never get a chance to experience it. It was well, really it, hard to break into, too. <laughs> in, ca- in case uh, in case some of our listeners um, don't frequent the community stuff or Twitter or anything like that. Um, oh, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah explain got, what this. Explain what this uh, ridiculous glitch is. So this will be patched, uh, unfortunately, by the time anybody hears this podcast. Uh, so there is a emote in the game that is based off Monty Python's Ministry of Silly Walks. Uh, and it's called a ridiculous glitch because when you activate the emote, it says like drop slash walks ridiculously. But what happens when you activate it is that when you activate the emote, your character steps forward and then steps backwards. But when they step backwards, they break their original vertical plane, which means that you could clip into any solid object behind you. And then what you do is you immediately duck to stop the uh, the emote from happening, and you have basically glitched backwards through walls. Larger walls takes a couple of tries to get to, but you could basically go anywhere by ridiculously stepping backwards through all the geometry in the game. <laughs> so, now is find... that is that why that's that's why they canceled trials the past two weeks, right? Yeah. So, for people who are out to explore with it. It's awesome. Uh, but for people who wanted to abuse it, what it allowed players to do was go into crucible maps and then step backwards through a wall, get outside the geometry, and then find breaks in the geometry where they could shoot out, but nobody could shoot in at them and basically put you into an unkillable position. Uh, they took the emote out of Eververse, but they didn't disable it for players who already had it. So instead, they canceled Trial for for two weeks, which is unfortunate because they had just banned a bunch of people from Trials for two weeks for DDoSing. And those bans became essentially meaningless. <laughs> uh, but as of the next patch, which I believe is coming this next reset, uh, they're fixing the ability for the emote to break the vertical plane backwards so you'll just bump into the wall i was pretty upset because i was at eververse and saw that emote and was like oh i'm about to level up and i'll be coming back here i will pick it up later and i didn't make it back there to grab it then and then like the next day i saw that it was gone i was like oh you gotta be kidding because i wanted that so bad because i love monty python and that's such it was such a cool emote anyway Regardless yeah. of the glitch, but oh well. Yeah, they got, I got it on week two, uh, and was experimenting with it. So, it was, but I got I got amazing screenshots of everywhere. I broke into the PlayStation exclusive strike area. Uh, I broke into the the Chasm of Screams, I think it's called, the place at the end of Sabathun's song. Like I got all over the Arcology. I went all over Nessus, all over the EDZ, like just everywhere you could go. I. I went, uh, I broke into the Warmind Vault on IO, like just went everywhere. It was pretty awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of the PlayStation exclusive area, um, did you jump back onto uh, D1 and pick up the Jade Rabbit from Xur? I did not. Uh, I meant to. <laughs> I, I'm just realizing now I probably have a horrible echo because all my walls are bare in my apartment. Doesn't sound bad, at least now. I guess whenever I edit, we'll find out. So. Okay. Also, the little giggle you heard there is uh, a sherbet pop cooking somewhere. Um, oh, sorry. Place your sherbets. Place your bets. Oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, sherbet pop. She uh, she's cooking right now. She said it was like ninety five degrees uh, down under, yeah. and she had a busy week. What have you been up to? 
Um, I also played with the uh, bureaucratic walk emote. Yeah. I got it because uh, I was tempted to get it, and I didn't. I didn't want to spend all the dust on it, and then. There was when my boyfriend told me about the glitch, and I was like, "Well, I'm getting it." And it was like the next morning they removed it from the, from the Eververse. So I was like, "Yes!" And we just went everywhere. So oh, I nice. got it. We both had it. We were just going everywhere in the tower. I don't think we did too much elsewhere, but it was still pretty fun. Um, and then, yeah, we were doing that. And this weekend I went to Pax Oz, which was super fun. Um, which I put in thanks announcements but yes PAX was super fun um I'm very tired and sore because I was there for like 12 hours just walking around nice <laughs> and um because I was only there for one day because money <laughs> <laughs> but hey I mean it sounds um, like you got the get the most for your yeah money. and I went to a there was a Destiny 2 talk there a Destiny 2 and you oh, awesome. which was hosted by the Periodic Table of Awesome, which I believe is a an Australian podcast slash blog that does sort of every pop culture-y thing. Um, and they called in with... Oh, no, I've forgotten his name. I'm a terrible person. Uh, he voices uh, Dominus Gaul. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, he was hilarious. They called in, uh, talked to him a bit, and we could ask some questions. Sweet. Um, and he he was really funny and did all these amazing voices, and he voiced a whole lot of characters, so that was really cool. And most of that talk was about people's opinions of Destiny, and they did like a big community <laughs> survey beforehand. And it was hilarious because they'd be putting up words all over the screen about what people like, and the words would be bigger or smaller according to how many answers were like that. And after each sort of question, they pop up on the screen. But of course, there were some negative responses, and of the course. screen would just cover in words. <laughs> and then each time they said that, the the negative responses bit would get smaller and smaller, and the screen would be more covered in words. <laughs> so, uh, um, Neil Kaplan. So that was really that was really fun, and they did a hilarious segment where they talked about um, Australia as as it relates to the light um if you looked at the earth with the traveler australia is it doesn't get touched by the light it's in the shadowy bit <laughs> um so they were t they made a whole series of weapons armor and gear for the down umbra oh nice um amongst which were things like the pair of hand cannon si sidearm legendary pair na yeah and yeah nah <laughs> uh, the exo uh, I think legendary rocket how's it gone <laughs> oh I want and, these uh, I know right <laughs> um, and uh, the sparrow what's that skip nice which said is Eris stuck down the well or something <laughs> so, um, they were, it was quite entertaining that it was very sort of it was a little salty but it was like salty in a very light hearted sort of well, that's we good. still love this game kind of way yeah, so that was and they and they raised a whole bunch of money as well. They they raised money giving out gear for a the dog rescue center because it was for the puppies. Nice, that's awesome. So cool. They, so they did that. And they raised like eight hundred dollars for it, I think, which was really cool. And then I walked around and I didn't really see anyone that recognized me, which I didn't expect to. But everyone was <laughs> like, "You could though," but no, nah, that's all right. It was still really cool 
did you go and cosplay as your your character, your Awoken character? No, I would have had to do a lot more prep for that. <laughs> but I had my DGS shirt on. Oh, nice. So I was repping the brand. Yeah. Nice. I had my own little Destiny 2 lanyard that I bought. Oh, which nice. was had a little the little destiny cod piece bit hanging off it and it <laughs> clinked around all day it sounded like i was carrying a big bunch of keys <laughs> i think so, i think drop yeah it was tons of fun i, say, I think what? drop said it but that's uh neil kaplan yeah oh of course yeah, yeah. aka emperor um, zarkon from the new no Warcraft joke TV man oh, yeah, so i'm still good. i'm still a series or a season behind on that i gotta catch up but that guy <laughs> and that guy has been doing voices for Ever. 25 years or uh, yeah. longer than that i think but um you know i was i anything from video games to cartoons to anime i mean just all sorts of stuff it's it's pretty he's got a huge awesome list of stuff uh out there he'd be fun to probably talk to sometime yeah he really? he was hilarious and he did all these different voices as he was just talking and made all these really funny faces <laughs> like it, when people would ask things that were like he couldn't really answer for contract and everything he would just sort of make this like hmm face yeah. <laughs> was, oh man he was uh, axel and crystal metal twisted uh, metal three. saw that God, yeah, that, that character is... was just so dumb I played that game a lot though that game was pretty fun because it was yeah. like the the answer to uh, what was that what was that other game? Um, oh no, Twisted Metal was one. They had another one that was like a like a playoff on it, where you know cars fighting and all that stuff. But I can't remember what it's called. So much stuff though. All right, well let's. Uh, oh, he did Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> he was also Dumbledore <laughs> on Robot Chicken. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's got an awesome list, man. This stuff I'm reading through, it's like on yeah. Higgly Town Heroes, which is like a Disney Channel cartoon. Um, and then a whole bunch of like Star Wars and EverQuest, and he did some stuff. And uh, oh man, it's cool. All right, well, we'll we'll maybe we'll come back to that guy sometime and drop him a line and see if he wants to chat with us. But yeah, for now, let's uh, let's get going. Let's get moving along because I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about. And uh, so we hit the pack stuff. Halloween's coming up, so happy Halloween to everybody. You'll probably hear this after Halloween, but. Uh, if not, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I'm going to take a guess that you dressed like Eleven from Stranger Things, probably. Um, <laughs> because that seems to be the outfit of choice this year for both men and women. I've seen quite a few posts on Twitter of these, Pennywise, these guys. Though. Oh, Pennywise is a good one, too. Yeah. Everyone's Pennywise. I got sent a picture of a sexy Pennywise costume. Nice. Um, well, last <laughs> was I was thinking about that, and I was like, last year it was, um, oh, who is uh, from uh, 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 the Suicide Squad, the girl. Oh, Holly Quinn. Everyone yes, Quinn everybody dressed like that last year, all the, all the women. Um, but anyway, God, happy I'm, Halloween. I love it. It's fun. I am so distracted. So random things, just because it was brought up. There are certain, sometimes you just play video games and certain things just stick with you forever, but they're only ever like references that other people who played the game with you get. Uh, and mentioning Twisted Metal reminded me of Spectre from Twisted Metal 1. <laughs> yeah. Which is the ghost Corvette that fired missiles that could go through solid objects. It was the most broken special attack. But they made this crazy, like almost James Bondish 
musical cue whenever they fired and my brother and i still reference that musical cue uh, <laughs> to this day that's awesome anyway sorry just no, mentioning that's... twisted metal i was like oh man we played so much twisted metal back in the day and i think i don't know who added added this into the notes but uh as happy of a halloween as everyone hopefully has it's not a happy festival of the lost correct that's kind there of a is. bummer Considering how many people we must have lost during the tower assault at the beginning of Destiny 2, it's really sad. Yeah, there's a lot of people and, to remember. But Ava Levante. We know that Eva's around, so. Yeah, she's not back in the where, tower yet. Where's her paper crafts? <laughs> where's my paper crafts? <laughs> yeah, so so I'm playing I'm playing through. Um, I, I was thinking that she's not in the tower yet, but she is around, right? Yeah. Because there's a data pad that you can scan in the bazaar that says, like, she's part of the effort to help. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, help restore stuff. Maybe she's hidden down at the farm somewhere by herself, like, poor old, uh, what's Chira her name? Karn. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, though. There's still though. paper there. <laughs> so, yeah, no festival lost, but, you know, the game's just getting back to yeah, us and I guess we can't expect it all which I think is something that we'll talk about too in a bit um, <clears throat> I have wondered if that was because it was too close or too too close around the PC release and they just didn't want to deal with both that and a festival with all the patches and fixes and stuff yeah that's that's possible that was my best guess as to why it wasn't around well, I was really hoping for a mask of vault sorting because that is the scariest thing in the <laughs> game right now. Hmm. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, you can't find the mask. That's the problem. All right. So yeah, that ghost scan is uh, look at all these inventory notes. Looks like everyone is trying to get the tower's market back on track. Tess, Banshee, Rahul, Ava Levante all working on this stuff. Mm. And we know where all the others are, so Eva's got to be around somewhere. Right. We're going to find her folded up inside the back of a desk somewhere because some cabal got their hands on her. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. I've got... Are you really going to read all these thank yous? Easy, easy. Um, We'll come back to that. Uh, So... (laughs) In case, uh, in case anyone is wondering, which they're probably not, but uh, we're still getting reviews on iTunes, and we've still got people <clears throat> telling us that they just found the show and are going through all the episodes. And uh, the last episode we had, which has been a while now, um, had quite a few people download it. So anybody that's new, um, just join us in Destiny 2, thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes um, and leave us... A review or comments you can email us uh we usually have some of that stuff in the notes and if not you can go to the go to our website and find some information there it's destiny ghost stories uh wait dot, what no keep going sorry i'm blown away by this second review yeah i know but make sure and read the uh the name of the reviewer <laughs> yes <laughs> um so all right, let's uh, let me get into a couple of these these new reviews we've received that I enjoyed reading. Cause... I can't I cannot believe the last sentence of this or the second sentence of this last review. Yeah, 
anyway, I I read them all, like I always say. Um, So the first one, I'm going to skip a majority of it, but there are 109 thank yous that that start out this this, uh, review. So thank you times 109. And it goes on to say, uh, on a serious note, I love the podcast. I don't usually listen to... I usually don't listen to podcasts, but this one is absolutely great. Listening to the Exotic Heavy Weapons episode now, and I have to say that X-Ray is my spirit animal. (laughs) After you did the metal intro, my gamer tag is Feline Phoenix, and I would love to play with you guys. P.S. If X-Ray reads this on the episode, he has to read all the thank yous written above. Um, Well, stay tuned. You might hear those throughout the episode we'll find out um all right so that one was from uh, spongebob freak on itunes um but uh no, gamer spongebob tag. freak happy face happy face uh, but <laughs> feline phoenix is his gamer tag um and then we've got another one here from advice master 17 <laughs> nice job very informative and fun to listen to while playing destiny 2 or 1 Something you all could improve on is staying on task, True. like making episodes more often, True. using more reference, mm-hmm. more referencing, referencing, using more referencing to more destiny things, or maybe what? even extending your episodes and making them more detailed. Very good coverage. Uh, thanks, Advice Master. We'll take that under advisement. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I read that and I was like, "Oh, this is great, this guy." I want to, I want to, re- I want to record a six-hour, super in-depth episode just for this guy. We could, <laughs> we'd have to make lots of references to Destiny stuff, though. We can absolutely. I'm gonna. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't done. We've only done it in passing or devoted aspects of another show to it. But man, I would, I could do an entire show about Toland for six hours, and like, I would get down to like. The size shoes <laughs> but does uh he says reference destiny things doesn't mean they have to relate to the show we're doing you could just reference random destiny things as we go yes we could <laughs> okay and this last one i have here is a gentleman on twitter named chrono lemon one uh messaged hey. me and said uh we hey? mentioned chrono lemon on the show before did we yeah we mentioned we mentioned him on a show about the Vex and thought that his screen name was incredibly appropriate. Well, a uh, good. <laughs> I don't remember that, so sorry, Chrono Lemon, but we're mentioning you again because uh, you sent us this message. You said, uh, "Hi, DGS fam. My brother sent me these photos he caught on his travels. I think Dropslash will appreciate this. Hopefully, sending them won't decrease their resolution." His gamer tag is Banana Drama. He's not on Twitter, but if you mention him, he'd love it. We're both big fans of your guys' work. So, Banana Drama, your brother says that we have to say your name, and we did. So, Chrono Lemon and Banana done. Drama. Done. It sound better if I said it. The picture that he sent was... <laughs> banana Drama. Yeah. Like was driving down what looks like a highway on the wrong side of the highway with the steering wheel on the wrong side of the car. Oh, wait, they're from... I guess they're from Europe. That's what it is. Okay. Banana drama. Uh, anyway, this truck, on the side of this truck, it says, Sword Logistics. And then it's got some email address <laughs> underneath it. Uh, so, yeah. 
that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and then he also sent a picture of his dashboard that has what's playing on his phone currently. And I'm guessing it's the. It looks like it says episode uh, 18, and it's one of the King's Fall episodes. So I have to assume that it was. Nice. Yeah, it, it more than likely was one we were talking about Sword Logic at the time. So that's pretty, pretty creepy. But uh, but awesome. Thank you, uh, Colonel Lemon and. Um, banana drama. Uh, I keep wanting to say ba- banana. Wait, no, that is right. Banana, banana drama. Rama? I want uh, banana ba- drama. Banana drama. Banana. If they're from Europe or somewhere that drives they on that do side, say banana. then the banana drama makes sense. Banana drama. <laughs> banana. It was hard to say banana and drama. Banana drama. It's a. That's because that's because you say banana. Banana. I don't really say banana. I was oh, I was like doing a little kind of little overkill for it, but. Okay, okay. Let's <laughs> chat. Okay. So this this show the tone of this show is coming out of the tone of our last show, which is still unreleased, uh which people have said to me that they would love to listen to. In fact I was telling my brother that we recorded a three and a half hour show where all we did was just complain about the stuff we didn't like in the game, and my brother was like, That is something I would pay to listen to. <laughs> uh but so we scrapped it. Back to the draw. I want I wanted to to write a show where we're going to talk about things we like and things we don't like because by at this point all the things everybody doesn't like is pretty well hammered out. In fact, we just got uh, this week at Bungie specifically addressing a lot of the things we, i.e., the community, really doesn't like. Uh, so if those things weren't broken, we wouldn't be getting fixes for them. But we are. Uh, Chris Barrett is back. He's a super long-time Bungie guy. Uh, he's been with the company for a bajillions of years. Uh, he's a game director over there. Uh, he worked on House of Wolves stuff and Rise of Iron stuff. He's, he's working with the live team uh, to fix a lot of these issues. So uh, we, I'm not going to list them all here. Uh, but some of the things we're going to talk about relate back to these, so if it makes sense, I'll, I'll make a mention of them. Uh, but yeah, so this episode is going to be things that we don't necessarily enjoy uh, and things that we do necessarily enjoy. But I just want to say right up front, do, if we are on this show talking about, like, man, oh, I, man, I really hate bleh, like, don't... Our opinions of things should not detract from your personal enjoyment of this game. Uh, if you enjoy playing Destiny, you don't have to justify that to anybody. Log into the game and play and enjoy it. Uh, I think, as we all just pointed out at the beginning of the show, we all still play Destiny too. Like we can dislike a thing and still play it <laughs> and still enjoy it. Like I don't hate play Destiny too. I play it because there's things I like about it, but there's also things that I don't particularly like. So, again, hey, if you don't care about this stuff, that's totally cool. Don't care about it. Like, play the game. Like, have a good time. Nobody's telling you you shouldn't or can't. Uh, That said, let's start with the lore, because that's what this show is about anyway. Uh, (laughs) uh, So I wrote this a couple weeks ago. I've been going back and refining it, still talking about stuff, and... The more I'm like, oh, maybe I should refine 
some of the paragraphs I put in the show notes. And then like the second I think that, the exact thing that I wrote about happens to me. And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to leave it just like it is. Uh, <laughs> so before we jump into to what you're going to say, should we define the word lore? Or do you have it? Oh, you've got it in there, don't you? Yes, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so it's come to mean something different. I am fully on board with the concept that words change over time. Their meanings can change. Like a great example is everybody uses the word literally incorrectly. Uh, they literally use it incorrectly. Yes. Or people use ironic uh coincidentally and i always go back to futurama uh, <laughs> in the episode where fry has the holophoner play uh, and some uh somebody says something's ironic and bender goes that's not ironic it's just coincidental and that is the correct usage <laughs> of when most people say oh that's ironic what they really mean is that it's coincidental not that it's ironic anyway the word has changed from its its actual literal meaning to something different in a more social context. I understand that lore is one of those words uh, and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sick of the word lore uh, because it pretty much means nothing at this point. Every single time somebody discovers any random thing from the game, it's lore. Oh, this rock is green, and all the rest of them are blue. There must be something in the lore. That people who take like the narrative of the game uh, or the dialogue, very specific <laughs> aspects of writing the game are different from what is considered the lore of the game, technically. So when you're talking about like things characters necessarily said or the way the arc of the game played out, it's nothing to do with lore. Uh, and that said, the lore currently in Destiny Two, the the this okay, let, I mean, let's just define it right here, right? Like, so uh, lore, which is a body of knowledge, uh, and then the body of knowledge is facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education. Uh, it's not ifs and things that kind of sound cool like that's not what the lore is the grimoire was lore it was written down it was information and it was facts uh and it was things that we read and were able to apply and they related to our experience in the game and also provided a groundwork of education like people forget all the time that some of the very first grimoire cards you get are literally like the control booklet for destiny they tell you what the grenades are what the abilities are what the weapon types are uh it's not till you really get deep into finding some of the ghosts and things like that that you get all this like rich deep backstory a lot of it was very mechanical in design uh and we don't have we don't have it in destiny 2 we don't like i'm sorry we just don't uh and one of the results of that is that every single person is like inventing these insane crackbot crackpot clickbait theories it's my i swear to god i get dozens of questions every week of people just inventing the most insane things like it's people will come at me with stuff like uh what was the the one I got a couple days ago, uh, 
is is Nocris Nazarek? <laughs> and it's like, what? I, it's, I understand the question, but where is it coming from? Somebody somewhere must have linked those two things together. And I just, and I'm like, how does this even... No, Nocris is mentioned once in all of Destiny 1. I'm sorry, he's mentioned twice. First, the scan uh, on the way to Regicide, uh, the fight with Oryx, where Ghost says, there's, there's nothing in the world's grave about Nocris. Okay, it's an anomaly. And then later in the Age of Triumph, there was a card added that brought Asher Mir into the game and Eris's relationship with Asher... And then Asher, I guess on this Destiny 2, Asher saying he couldn't find anything about Nocris. Like, there's, like, so literally, literally in the <laughs> game, <laughs> nobody knows anything about Nocris. It's just a name at this point. Same with Nazarek. You get one warlock helmet that's Nazarek Sin, but then suddenly Nocris is Nazarek? Like, how? <laughs> what the kind of... In. What kind of insane hoops are you jumping through to get to these conclusions? Uh, oh, well, they're, they're both associated with the darkness, and and Nocris is the son of Oryx. I, I would love to know what document you read where it confirms that Nocris is the son of Oryx. <laughs> uh, so it's just, it's going insane. But people will take him and run with them, and then all of a sudden it becomes a thing. Uh and because there's so few facts in Destiny 2 right now, there's no way to confirm any of this stuff. We're, we're stuck in this thing that drove me crazy in Destiny 1 where it's like, you can't prove this is incorrect. <laughs> therefore, it must be viable. And it's like, no, that's not how research works. <laughs> uh, that's not how analysis works. I'm sorry. Like, and you can make all the YouTube videos about it that you want, uh, but it doesn't make it true. Uh, and then people, people just like, okay, well, now that's part of the lore, quote unquote. I'm like, oh my god, no, it's not. Like, it's, it's, it's like somebody took a, a knife and started carving crazy stuff in the side of their cage and their prison cell. It's like that's not real stuff it's uh <laughs> and we and we so. know i mean we're not we're not dumb we know how youtube works we know how how you know all you know i've i saw i've seen videos before oh you want to know what the best auto rifle is or whatever and then you get in there like none of them are good they're all suck but they got people in there to try to find out you know and that's and that's fine. We get it. We understand how YouTube works. We're not taking anything against, the, you know, nothing against the people that make the videos. Yeah, I've, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've brought this up too. I, I have no envy at all for the people who are stuck in the YouTube or Twitch streaming grind, where, where they don't have the luxury of not producing a video like every day or every other day because if they don't. This triggers this huge cycle in the background of, well, no, there's monetization issues, and then you start – your subscriber count doesn't grow the way it needs to. Sponsors and, to and to, Yeah, sponsors yeah. don't show up. And, like, it's – it is a machine that grinds up the people who do it. <laughs> uh, 
But in order to keep feeding that machine, you have got to keep making titles that people will click on. <laughs> uh, and that leads to just saying crazy stuff just to get people to click. And I'm so glad we're not part of that. I have no desire to be a part of that. I respect the people who do it because it's, I think it's bananas. It's a job. Right. It's a full-time. But, I mean, it's, that's, yeah. it's crazy. And the people that that's not their full-time job yet, it is their job. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, but that's yeah. not, that's just because somebody makes a video about it. And I think the example that I gave here, uh, just because somebody has a theory that Osiris turned into the sun and the Cabal were trying to directly attack him with his own lighthouse in D2 by destroying Mercury, that's not <laughs> lore. Right. It's not. It's a crazy theory that anybody can make up. Putting it in a video doesn't make it true. And it certainly doesn't make it lore because we can't invent the lore for this game. We can only go off what is actually true and what's been discovered. That's that's the lore. Like otherwise it's just fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's nothing wrong with watching those videos and like go ahead, watch those videos, support those people, but take everything with a grain of salt, double check references and the stuff we know before you take a theory and, and run with it. <laughs> yeah, like, Wait, I think I think that's the thing that people see theories and they're like, "Oh, that's that's it." But you kind of have to do a bit of your own delving to legitimize it. Yeah. So, and that brings us back to our show. Uh, we don't. That's not the tide that we that we swim in. Uh, the point of our show has always been to analyze, study, and present sort of truth and facts that are given to us by the game uh, and its ancillary materials. Uh, where we don't make things up for clicks. Uh, and if, as I said here, if that means we need to rebrand away from the word lore, then we will, because lore is starting to mean something different. Uh, but I'd rather do that than be, <laughs> uh, listen to a sensationalized graspy theory garbage cast. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this because I, again, I know, you know, I've got a thousand followers on twitter or something like that and we get a lot more listeners to the show so obviously they don't they don't see some of the stuff we post out there but you shared with me that guy's ridiculous post on like how to play like it's like new players to destiny 2 or or what you're supposed to do as a new player in destiny 2 or whatever you remember that from reddit oh yeah 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 there was there was one comment and i posted it on twitter and i thought it was hilarious <laughs> just because the names cracked me up uh, it says and this is about lore so it, it kind of was just funny it says when commenting on lore related content content always quote your favorite youtube personality it doesn't matter if it's relevant to the topic because everything they say is a, is interesting 100 percent of the time no matter what they say <laughs> my personal favorites are merlin games and destiny bife they're the best <laughs> <laughs> Merlin and Destiny Bife. I mean, if you're listening to the show, you probably know those guys. And yeah. uh, from the content they make, uh, it's Mylan Games, and, and my name is Bife. But uh, but that just that just killed me. That whole post was was perfect. I mean, that guy was just he was on a roll with with some yeah. of the stuff he was talking he, about. It was great. We'll have to maybe try to put that a link to that one in the in the show notes for anyone who's interested. But but yeah, it's good stuff uh so now with that said <laughs> uh i'm just gonna read this as i put it because i still feel this way most most of it the state of the lore quote-unquote in destiny 2 is in an awful place like we spent the last again sorry to reference the last show that nobody has heard but 
we probably spent an hour reading complete and utter garbage entries that were in the quote-unquote lore tabs uh, of Destiny 2. Like, they're, some of them are awful. I Just recently on Reddit, I did a breakdown of the Night Stalker one because it's still... I hate it so much. Uh, uh, and I made some... Like, if Destiny 1 was a bunch of Tapa-style samples that always left us unfulfilled but wanting more and knowing what they were made of, Destiny 2 is a table with photos of some of those Tapas but missing silverware with no drinks and the waiter doesn't even know what's on the menu. Uh, There are callbacks, there's a lot of callbacks to Destiny 1, but there's no depth. Uh, And we know this because a lot of the writing team is new, uh, similar to Rise of Iron. There's still some, some writing grinding going on over there uh but we also know just it's evident from the complete and utter non-information we're given uh many of the lore tabs are awful and the majority of the world's scannables are nothings uh not only i mean so mechanically i'll mention this later we can't catalog any of that stuff we have to sort of do it live which is i spend a lot of time doing but tons of those scannables are just like Oh, here, here, ghost, scan this. Wait a minute. Ghost come to, oh, look at this thing. I wonder why it's here. I wonder what it does. Okay, that's it. And it's like. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> what? That doesn't tell me anything. Right. Uh, so there's, there's, no, there's nothing to extract from that. It's, there's nothing hidden. Uh, and this is linked to the bigger issue of pretty much all of Destiny 2 being fairly regressive. Uh and I said here, that won't change anytime soon. Again, we'll talk about the changes that they presented in this week in Bungie, which are mostly mechanical and system changes. This is this stuff is deeper than that. There's no way to rewrite this stuff right now. Uh, that's not salt. That's just fact. You can't manufacture the required depth, especially not in this case, unless you're going to do some pretty substantial rewrites. Uh, and this includes things like the confusion about the Vex, which is... I still think is awful, especially for new players. Uh, the reworking of the hive that we've been experiencing, uh, the lack of explanation about anything the Cabal did, the Leviathan, there's given no information on that. Uh, and the, the above all of this is the non-acknowledgement of the world and system side events that are occurring. Uh, it creates a huge narrative disconnect and problems in the game world because it makes the world dead. The world's not alive. I think we all experienced this in The Last Iron Banner, where Saladin shows up with no acknowledgement of who we are or what we did in Rise of Iron. We, we saved the world in Rise of Iron. Saladin was with us nearly every step of the way. At the end, we became an Iron Lord. He knighted us with that sword. Uh, but there's no mention of any of it. In fact, if you stand next to him, he says, I am the last of the Iron Lords. And it's like, I'm pretty sure you made me one in Rise of Iron. In fact, if you go back and look at the marketing material... You can look at people like Deej who say, point blank in interviews, the point of Rise of Iron is that the player becomes an Iron Lord. Like, the inability to reconcile that kind of stuff completely just destroys the continuity of the world. Well, that that example of Saladin 
really frustrated with me because at the beginning of the game, when Shex leads you to the armory, ah, Saladin's young wolf, he says. Exactly. They know what happened. Why doesn't Saladin know what happened? Maybe he is that old. I don't know. Uh, Remember me, Saladin? No. Nope. <laughs> okay. No, and I can't. I can't say that because I don't have a voice. Oh yeah. Well, there's that. Uh, uh. So, and one of the things I've been saying is that is critical thought, like the almost no area of Destiny 2 stands up to critical thought. Uh, which is the problem I had with the Rise of Iron. Uh, with the example I gave here, is like, why do we even run the Death Zamboni and not just fly our jump ship all the way to the end? Like, where's our air support, etc. Like, we, we know now for a fact that all those jump ships, they're armed. Like, you can see them flying around during the opening cutscene in Destiny 2. Uh, Amanda shows up in one of the missions and just blasts a hangar to pieces with her ship if you go out to the hangar now and look at the dead orbit ship that lands it's got uh like a anti-tank minigun on the front of it and it's stocked up with rockets like where was that air support when we were being chased by the death zamboni like <laughs> the main campaign of destiny 2 can't even withstand casual application of of critical thought and question asking where did firebase hades come from uh, the, everything about the Sun Crusher, uh, our light returning, uh, and there's a big like. I was just in a thread on Reddit talking about the light because somebody was like, you know, once we get our light back from the shard, why don't when the Vanguard returns to the farm, why don't we go? Hey, I know a place where we can get our light back and drag them all out to the shard. Because at that point, the subclass missions haven't happened yet which means that the shard still has light to give. It also doesn't make sense canonically because millions of guardians got their light back before the traveler reawoke. Spoilers, by the way, the traveler wakes up or so we're told. Uh, and so, but then you say, okay, well, you know, sorry, we're technically the guardian. We're the star of the show. So in the, in that viewpoint, no, we're the only guardian who gets our light back, blah, blah, blah. Except for the last mission in Destiny 2 is when you're running through that public area to get to the Vanguard, and there's other guardians there who are obviously powered back up. Where did their light come from? So those kinds of, like, loopholes, like, and that's... That's not an insurmountable writing challenge. Uh... Plenty of MMOs have come before us and have handled this idea that your character is special. I, I'll, I'm sorry for the old example, but I'll use Final Fantasy XI. In that game, you are the warrior of light. Uh, and you're a very special character in the realm of the story. But any mission you undertook or any quest you undertook acknowledge that there are other special people like when you go and do the dragoon quest or the quest to unlock dark knight or any of the advanced job quests you are uniquely in that quest and it is about you but the game acknowledges that you are not the only one of these things. You are you are becoming a Dark Knight to be like the Dark Knights who came before and after you, and the world is full of Dark Knights. Like, but it doesn't acknowledging that there are other 
members of this particular group doesn't take away the personalization of the quest while you're in it. And Destiny 2 fails hard at this <laughs> because it refuses to create any kind of of gimme there between no, we're the only guardian and this is our story and we're the only guy our lights our light back because there isn't enough light in the shard, blah, 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 without acknowledging there's bajillions of guardians running around everywhere before the end of the campaign. So it's... Uh, Gaul's final form is never answered. Uh, the whole thing with the guardian. The whole thing with Titan's atmosphere and Sloan and Zavala able to survive there with no helmet on and, and Sloan in short sleeves. That doesn't make any sense. Like they're... The, and these are things that occur over the course of the campaign that would have to be rewritten for any of these things to start to make sense. Uh, and we know that this is a sacrifice of details for drama, opting for pure player experience over adherence to the rules and systems of the game world. And we've talked about that in the past. We've talked about it a lot with Riders of Iron. Uh, but that's not an excuse for bad writing. It's just not. Uh... And the example that I pulled up here was that if you've ever played an Uncharted game, and if you haven't, you should. They're unbelievably good games. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three, and four, and the, a new one just came out uh, that stars Chloe. I think that's her name. Uh, but geez, they're they are so well written. But if you play those games, you realize that Nathan Drake and company they routinely defy the laws of human limitation in physics. Nathan Drake's finger strength is off the charts. The guy can fall for like 60 feet and grab a, a ledge or a pipe or something with just his <laughs> fingertips. He also murders like 75,000 people. Uh, but the stories and the sequences and the set pieces are written so well and they feel so good that you're totally willing to overlook that superhuman finger strength and ability to withstand massive catastrophic personal injury it just goes away it becomes an afterthought you're already on the ride uh so you're getting the, it's the quality of the writing allows you to suspend your disbelief and in destiny 2 we don't get writing good enough to suspend the disbelief uh in fact a lot of those flaws are put front and center for us uh and they're given nothing to fall back on uh like a good a, a, another good example here is like why don't the fallen just rush devrim in that tower the dude never shoots his gun and he's wide open uh if the fallen want that area so bad why don't they just put a bomb on the base of that tower knock it down like <laughs> looks like it's about to fall down anyway yeah, why is he invincible up there? Like, Asher, I'll buy Asher, because uh, there's a chance that he could hide among the Vex with what he is. Uh, and, again, why don't the Fallen just run straight into where uh, Failsafe is? That door's wide open. <laughs> uh, or even when the Cabal, when the Cabal show up, those drop pods, those indestructible drop pods that they shoot into the EDZ, why don't they just aim one at that church? You could take the whole thing out in one go. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to, like, Asher's kind of tucked out of the way. And I'm willing to believe in both the case of Sloan and Failsafe that they have the ability to lock down doors because they're both in functioning buildings where they yeah. can lock down doors and shut out enemies. And we actually, like... 
I think in both of their cases, we actually open the doors to go in and talk to them in the first place. Um, but yeah, I definitely... <laughs> Devrim is also one of the more in the middle of all the action and open to it. You can stand in his window and get shot. Yeah. <laughs> and like, why? Why? And they run underneath in the church when the enemy is moving against each other. They run, like, there's a whole, just look there's down a off whole his balcony sector. and you're like, oh, hi, wretches, how you doing? Yeah, there's a whole lost sector directly below him. <laughs> and and he would definitely not have the ability to press a button and lock down the doors. Yeah. So it's, yeah, he's less believable than others. I guess he just, I don't know, sits down and offers them a cup of tea. But we're, we're not, the game doesn't give us anything. Like, the game gives us nothing to even, like, even Sloane, right? It would, all it would take is a single throwaway line for Sloane to be like, hey, the generators are back on. That means, like, whatever, the... We can uh, lock the building yeah. down, yeah. We can yeah. lock the building down, or the, the shields are back up around the command center. Anything. But we're not. We're given nothing. When we mm. when you zone in and we land on that that ship landing pad, you can jump directly to her. There's no force field. There's no windows. There's nothing there. In fact, there is a big hole in the wall. Yeah, and the reason <laughs> yeah. I'm, the reason I'm complaining about this is because the surface temperature of Titan to support a liquid methane ocean is like negative three hundred degrees. So. Aside from all mm. the problems that are going on with Titan that I'm sure we'll address in a different episode, there's no way that Sloan could survive that exposure without a helmet on. <laughs> uh, or sleeves. Or sleeves, or having some kind of force field protecting that area. But we're not ever given that. It's just left open. Uh, and before anybody jumps on me for saying that it's unfair to compare uncharted to destiny because they're completely different styles of game uh i chose uncharted because it is a triple a title on current gen that is a masterpiece of the type of game that it is like uh and naughty dog is a much smaller studio than bungie uh and the differences in the end product are staggering regardless of genre uh, Uncharted excels at its intended purpose and it knows how to cover its weaknesses by playing off its strengths. Uh, if you want to get to a, like other game styles similar to Destiny 2, hey, Overwatch has crazy stuff going on in its story and they're drip-feeding it out, but it's got people totally enraptured. Uh, and other non-linear examples include The Elder Scrolls, uh, Fallout, Mass Effect. Uh, I hate to bring up The Witcher 3 here because The Witcher 3 is another master class in the type of game that it is, and the writing is off the charts. I'm still... I don't know how there is so much game and content in The Witcher. It's... In The Witcher 3, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh... So all that said, <laughs> uh, there's definitely still things to talk about. So we're working on it. Like I said, I want to do a massive breakdown of Titan. Originally, this episode was going to be a massive breakdown of all the planets and destinations. I still have all those notes. Uh, we'll probably break each one into an individual show. Uh, so we'll talk about worlds. We'll talk about NPCs. We'll talk about significant events. Some of the adventure storylines are, are kind of interesting. I think everybody points to Arcebo. 
on IO is the most interesting because it deals with the war mines, but there's some other good ones in there. Uh, I list one of my favorites a little bit later. Uh, and the general state of the game's story. Uh, but what was once an exercise for us in archaeology has become more like septic system management. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind digging in the dirt for clues to put together a giant awesome picture of what was buried down there. But I can't spend 40 hours a week like sorting through the crap. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I just can't. Uh, and trying to figure out what's crap and what's not crap. Like, n there's no way. I don't. That's not what I do. Uh, that's not the kind of analysis I provide. And, uh, and if your only source of, of information about Destiny 2 comes from, you know, podcasts or YouTube videos or anything like that, take a, take a minute and go out and find Ishtar Collective. They've got a lot of the, the lore tabs mm -hmm. and stuff like that there. And go read for yourselves some of the, uh, some of the new, new descriptions of, you know, the, the subclasses and things like that and compare them to what we got in Destiny 1 with the same subclasses and you'll see kind of what we found out, you know and we'll talk about these more I'm sure in future episodes but, you know, our, our little salt cast, you know, drop slash mention, mentioned Night Stalker and that one is to me Here, just let's, let's talk about Night Stalker right now uh <laughs> I don't. Do you want to? Do you have the card queued up? You could read the card because um, I I did a I did a breakdown of this entire card for somebody on Reddit. Uh, yeah, let me. I can I can pull it up real quick. Hang on. Yeah, the the new one it. or the old one? What do you want to lead off with? The I want you to I want you to read the new one. Okay. And then I'm gonna break it down. All right. So. The 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 one huge problem that I that I have with it. Uh, I have. Not, there's not just one, but. It's, I have Night Stalker up. I think. All right. Is it, it the, the one that starts? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. Starts with uh, draw from the void, light the way. Well, they both have, they, uh, I think they both have that. And then that's they, from the Destiny. blade that's dances deride us as slow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the Destiny new one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, the blade dances deride us as slow. The gunslingers say we lack precision. How is that better than a knife? How is that better than a flaming pistol? Well, my boots sink inches into the ground with every step. My rebreather filters the stench out of the air, but my eyes sting like I'm showering with battery acid. We're almost there, my ghost chirps. My jaw clenches. I know we're almost there, little light. This vile marsh opens to reveal a black cave's maw. Inside, an infinite number of little green eyes flicker like bad stars. Crack. I fire a single bullet into the air, and the horde in the cave shrieks and runs out. This is it, you two. The warlock and titan leap from the bog behind me. A bow appears in my hands, and I let a single binding shot loose from the shadow. Now there are orbs of light everywhere. Eat, my friends. Eat. Man, I didn't even... I, I have problems with the battery acid thing, because after the Golden Age, there's no way battery acid would even be a thing. Uh, so, here's the thing. Somebody said that that card speaks volumes. My reply was, that card speaks volumes, but it says very little. Uh, this also goes back to something you just mentioned about going to Ishtar Collective uh, X-Ray. So, for one, this card opens with a reference to Blade Dancers, which is a class that does not exist in Destiny 2. So, if you're a new player and you read this card, you go, oh, I wonder what a Blade Dancer is. You can't go to the Grimoire anymore and read about what a Blade Dancer was because Bungie took it off their website. 
you as a new player to Destiny 2, if anything that you read about Destiny 1 interests you, you have no way to even go find out more for yourself. Because Bungie has just sanitized everything that came before. Uh, it's not available to read in Destiny 1. That was a big problem we had with Destiny 1. And now it's not even available on the website. You would have to go somewhere like the Ishtar Collective to even learn more about something that is directly talked about in Destiny 2. Like, that's insane to me. I feel so bad for new players who are at, who feel even like a spark of interest in some of this stuff because there's nowhere for them to go to learn more. And it uh, bothers me anyway. <laughs> Uh, the rest of the card is written like it's on the back of a cereal box. Uh, and here's the big issue that I have with this card. You could take the Night Stalker in what you just read and replace it with any other subclass in Destiny, and that card would play out the exact same way. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, read, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read that card. Uh, let's say that this card was what... Uh, uh, Ark Strider. Uh, the vile marsh opens to reveal a black cave's maw. Inside, an infinite number of little green eyes flicker like bad stars. Crack. I fire a single bullet into the air, and the horde in the cave shrieks and runs out. This is it, you two. The warlock and titan leap from the bog behind me. A spark of lightning crackles through my hands, and I let the arc flow consume me. I become one with the current, and my staff turns everything it touches back to the azure atomic vapor from whence it came. Now there are orbs of light everywhere. Eat, my friends, eat. I actually like that version more. Uh, <laughs> you, could, you could replace it with Striker Titan. Uh, I sprint towards them, and I let the infinite arc crackle and vaporize the air around me. A single leap, and everything I am crashes into electric annihilation. I am the havoc of lightning and the roar of thunder incarnate. Nothing stands against me. Now there are orbs of light everywhere. Eat, my friends, eat. <laughs> now, if you were to say, if you were to describe it as Night Stalker, but phrase it how you would phrase it, what would you say? <laughs> oh, I don't, I would... Because what, cause you're describing it in this sort of a senses the way you're describing you know crackling and lightning this is a bow appears in my hands and i let a single shot loose yeah well that's uh... so i don't want to i don't want to leave warlocks out so i have one for the warlocks here uh, uh <laughs> the well of electricity starts in my hands and i let the tempest surge through me consumption control i am the calm and the storm an infinite conflagration of arc and warlock neither and both at the same time i am everything and my enemies are now nothing now there are orbs of light everywhere. Eat, my friends, eat. You can plug any subclass into this wall of text, and it could be about them. Uh, mm. And this really bothers me. Be and I think it, that plays a little bit to all of Destiny 2, where everything has become so generic, nothing is allowed to stand out. Uh, meanwhile, if you go back into Destiny 1... Night Stalkers are set up as like mysterious outliers. They're an elite branch of hunters that, and I wrote this, balanced on the edge of powers and abilities that are exceptionally dangerous if not exercised with paramount discipline. Uh, so like here, I've got some of the other things from Night Stalker just because I love Night Stalker so much. Uh, it is absolutely my chosen class. Bef and it's worth, it's worth stating that... Uh, before I read any of these, that the 
uh, Orpheus rig is written a little bit better than the Night Stalker one is, but Orpheus rig is so damn rare, nobody can read the lore tab on it. Uh, so, do, does anybody have the Destiny 1 Night Stalker thing queued up here? I have it here. Go for it. Um, so, again, draw from the void, light the way. Uh, a lone hunter stalks the night, firing arrows into the darkness. There is no hiding, no escape. In the distance, the beast falters, tethered to the void. The killing blow comes without hesitation, without mercy. There's truth in the edge of light, and beneath that truth, a deeper truth, hidden from all but a few. The truth is this. Monsters need not fear the night. Do not hunt the monster. Become the monster. So then I'm going to read one from The Night Stalker's Trail, uh, and this is a quote by Cade Six. <clears throat> Picking it up is the easy part, Hunter. Putting it down again? Well, you'll find it's addictive, that power. This weapon is something special. Your light gets twisted, changed. You'll find the power to punch through and borrow something from the other side. The void opens up a hole, and it draws from the deep. So go ahead, carry it a while, Hunter. You'll feel how heavy it can get. Uh, and there's some other ones here. My favorite, and I've said this a thousand times, I've said it on so many episodes, Graviton Forfeit is one of my absolute favorite pieces of flavor text. Uh, and that's from Tevis Larson, which is, it doesn't matter how good you are, you stay out there too long, you're not coming back. Not the same way you left. Hmm. Uh, there's some other ones in here. There's a Tevis one that's, uh, I've had a dozen hunters ask me why it's so hard to summon the Dusk Bow. I asked them what they thought of the void, and their eyes told me everything. You can't be afraid. That's the secret. No fear. Uh, and there's other stuff. There's tons of talk. You know, uh, Cade sends Night Stalkers to the Dreadnought because of their ability to sort of like skulk around and hide in the shadows. And because they're sort of closer to the void than other hunters, it allows them to get to places they normally shouldn't be. Night Stalker, when you first played Night Stalker, you felt like you were you were grabbing a little bit of power that was dangerous to you. Uh, that you're embarking on a like a almost like a darker path for a hunter. And that's something that like Void Walkers got from the very start. Like a lot of the Void Walker lore is about like <laughs> uh, like summoning the void and like using nothingness to <laughs> completely destroy the things around you. It's like uh, so that each class really had its own like special little bits and this is like the, this, this is the lore right this is the stuff that's written down that creates the mystery and information that we then experience as the players in the game every class had something like this but in Destiny 2 it's all just so generic uh, I mean y you, you hit the nail on the head because you know when they introduced the three new subclasses in Destiny 1, you know, I thought, oh man, this is perfect because you get this great storyline that you're following until you get that that new subclass and then you get to test it out in that specific area that you you get it in. You know, I remember picking up the mm -hmm. Dusk Bow and then Vex everywhere and you just ran around and, and took care of business. Same with, you know, the hammers and, and standing out there and getting charged with electrical energy as a as a warlock and then going around and, and defeating enemies with it, you know. And all of the I mean the the you know, I really thought 
that Destiny 2 would have would kind of stay along that same line with these new classes. You know, I expected to have some special storyline that I was going to follow to to go pick up my staff for the first time and and you know fight through this mess of and, and yeah I know we go and we fight a bunch of guys and but every time you get a subclass it's the same thing I was hoping that we'd get more of a story for even the the original subclasses you know I would have loved to know more about um you know gunslinger the way we found out about the night stalker you know we had those yeah. we had those cards and we had information about gunslingers to some degree but to experience i think that's that's part of of the allure of the new subclasses when they came out in destiny 1 was that you experienced you know the the whole getting the subclass a specific way and using it and it became something that you kind of fought for. You know, you, you fought to get that. And and it was it was a great feeling to walk away from those fights and say, oh, my gosh, now I've got this bow. I can't wait to level up all the perks and, and unlock more things, more more ways to use it and find out more about it. And sure enough, that's what you that what that's what we did. And then to just walk into the shard, you know, the shard laying out there and just gives it yeah just gives yeah, it to you just gives it to you and you go stand in a pool of light and use it and jump and in another pool and it's use it. it's really unfortunate in hindsight because the three and i go back to to the warlock one because i again i love tevis i love night stalker uh i love everything about that quest but honestly it was the Stormcaller one that just blew me away being on that map at night in the middle of the storm having to go out to those certain areas to get struck by lightning to try and awaken the arc inside of you like and then just going nuts on the conductive mind like that that quest is that end fight is like it's creepy because it's dark and it's a storm you're doing really dangerous stuff like i want to go meditate and get struck by lightning and then to have like you finally accumulate enough of the arc inside you that you just uh, like blow you apart and be like you're flying around <laughs> shooting lightning out of your hands like it's that those three quests or even the the sunbreaker one where you go through all those shenanigans and you finally have to stand before that anvil uh, and claim the hammer. It's like that. Th- those are great examples of like s- they're quick to do. I mean, they're multi-part quests, but you're playing through all of it. You're getting to experience every step of the way as the player. Uh, versus yeah. the the holograms that read grimoire cards to us uh, and have the cabal guy at the end. I don't understand what that is <laughs> yeah. anything, but uh, I think. Yeah, I think with the grimoire reading holograms, part of the problem with that is that they're all Destiny 1 grimoire, and there's nothing new for the new stuff, and there's nothing new for the old stuff. There's nothing... I I don't know. As as someone who's played and looked at the grimoire of Destiny 1, there was nothing new. It was really cool, and I loved it. There's nothing new. And I think like what you were saying about everything being really generic, is that you don't get the same sense of the different personalities of the different subclasses. And I feel like that's what really came out in those original uh, three three quests for the new subclass in Destiny 1. It shone out the personality and the traits of that subclass and the guardians who wield it. Like, the 
like the Night Stalker, it's the the Hunter Night Stalker is supposed to be mysterious, dark, and a loner. Out. Yep. So you, what you had to do is you had to go way, way out, and you had to, you know, go on your own, and it was very mysterious and creepy, and like with the uh, uh, Stormcaller, that's that's it's not just. It's power, but not uncontrolled power, is that whole subclass. So what did you do? You go, get struck by lightning several times, and you meditate on it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's power, but power with knowledge. And then with the... Um, what's, he, what's Hammer Titan uh, Sunbreaker? Yeah. Um, the whole thing of, like, it's the strength and the nobility of being a, a knight-like character with this order that are the Sunbreakers, even though you don't join them, necessarily, yeah. you're you're proving yourself. And it's that whole, like, honour and nobility, and you have to go and prove yourself to them. And I feel like that personality thing has been lost. It's the immersiveness um, that, I mean, that, that yeah. it drew you in, it made you really... It, it, it kind of gave you this this relationship with your character... Mm. that I don't feel like I have anymore. You know, it's like I I I knew who I I knew who I was as a night stalker and I I didn't now I didn't think about the that quest every time I fired up Destiny to play, but I thought about it often. I thought about that about that whole sequence of getting my bow and I'm a night stalker and this is what I'm doing. And that's why I stuck with it so much because it's like I it really shown in the back of my mind, you know, what this character was and it meant more to me because of the way I acquired power mm. and I absolutely approve of the in Destiny 2 making you fight the bunch of enemies with infinite supers for each one because I loved doing that for that third subclass in Destiny 1 and I wished I yeah. could have done it for the first two because I had no idea how to use them when I started <laughs> Right, and it's a really good way I think because half the time um, in Destiny 1, like, I rarely played Blade Dancer, which I ended up loving, um, because I was afraid to use it, because I thought, well, what if I stuff it up, and I don't know what buttons to press, and I don't know, uh, I, it's going to take ages for me to get my super back, so I won't use it in an engagement, and, and then having that whole mission where you have to fight things, but you have infinite super, so you, there's none of this wanting to save it, it's, yeah. I think it's a really good way to get you confident in the subclass and the super and how to use it. Cause you can just mash buttons and know you're not wasting it. And, um, and for, but I, for anyone listening right now, that's yelling at us, telling us that that's destiny one, we're playing destiny two. Now we know, we know it's destiny two and we're just, yeah, this yeah, is just so, our, our little comparison. But of, even, but even then, right? Like destiny two, like we're, we're never given any information on why blade dancer became arc strider. Well, it didn't though. That's that's one thing that really bugs me is that Arkstrider, the the card, the info about it is like, oh, no one knows when Arkstrider happened. It's been around for eons, and yeah. it's like, but what? I would have loved if they've just been like, hey, so one day a blade dancer picked up a stick and it was way more effective, so everyone else did the same. I would have I would have loved for <laughs> us to be the first, right? Like when we first go and get our yeah. light back at the shard. And Ghost is like, I haven't experienced this power since. Stand back. And we get blasted with light. Uh, and we get supercharged. You know, all it would take would be like a single line from Ghost being like, wait, we have the arc back, 
but this isn't Blade Dancer. What is this? And you're like, you bust the staff out, and you're like, we're something totally different now, and you like go or even crazy. If, even if Ghost was like, I want to try something new. Yeah. You know? Like, wow, I haven't felt this powerful since, yeah, let's try something new. Let's go crazy with it. Yeah, a- um, anything like anything like that. <laughs> yeah, because so it just bothered me so much that it, it said it existed the whole time, but it didn't. Especially when stuff like Sentinel is so obviously Defender, but evolved because you can still make bubbles. So like yes. like this one line, and I'm not going to read the whole Arc Strider entry, but this one line here says, uh, but in the darkest days of the Dark Ages, when humanity was utterly defenseless, Arc Striders disciplined their bodies to let the Traveler's energy flow through them to call lightning itself to hand and wield it like a staff against the darkness. Now, that right there is the makings of an awesome quest line right there. How are we going to discipline our bodies to be able to handle this this light and and call the lightning into our hand and wield it like a staff? I mean, right there, there could have been easily something written and a, and a quests mm-hmm. made that we had right. to go so, through and do these trials. You know, whether it be, hell, here's, a, here's the Arc Strider Super and we can do all the flips and stuff without the staff, let's say, and dodge people and learn and we're disciplining ourselves to be able to move and then once we get that once we master this thing of of our agility maybe then we are able to call a staff and then kick some kick some ass i don't know but like even so what you just read though breaks the lore a lot right because up until this point there's like and we did a lot of deep diving into the dark ages and rise of iron nobody ever mentioned arc strider like so it's like, okay, well, this breaks the lore pretty heavily. How do you fix it? Here's how you fix it. Make that quest you were just talking about, X-Ray, with Saladin. <laughs> Have Saladin say, back in my day, hunters who wielded Ark wielded it differently. Here's what they did. You can learn that. That would actually be cool. Make it that Ark Strider was the original, Blade Dancer was an evolution, and we're going back to Roots. That could have been cool. Yeah. So... Could still I, be cool. <laughs> I keep thinking about the <laughs> the intro to the the Night Stalker quest in D one, which the what does it mean to be a hunter? God, those all three of those are so good. Oh yeah. Mm. I, I just think that's just what's missing is the personality of the subclasses, new and old. Yeah, I love when Kate the, the in the Night Stalker one says, uh, "Some of us we touch the void." It's just like. Oh, it's like that. That Ooh, is not chills, what a yeah. hunter should be doing. But let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Well, anyway, there's. This is one of those again. To go back to the original point, the original point is that the the writing isn't good enough <laughs> to support everything that we're given, even though the opportunities for it to do that exist the if if the writing of destiny plays to its strengths to cover up its weaknesses you can get through all this stuff uh but giving us you know a bunch of unexplained things and then never acknowledging it either in the direct narrative or in some kind of lore or in some kind of uh quest or anything like Nope, here it is, and you did, there's no why. It's like, the opportunities are there. And again, I hate to keep going back to the, harping on this Iron Banner thing, 
But I, I'm sorry for the guy who who's Saladin's voice. Keith something? Uh, yeah. He must have been in the studio months before they recorded those lines. Like, he, he had to have come in and done all the voice acting for D2 version of Saladin. And at no point in that recording did anybody say, Hey, is this the same character who I led that I did all that voice acting with in Rise of Iron for? Should we at least acknowledge, I'm not saying it's his responsibility, but like, shouldn't we in any way maybe acknowledge that? <laughs> like, we, we know the game system supports flags for new characters and veteran characters, so that dialogue doesn't have to be presented to newer characters because it won't make any sense. But it certainly could be presented to veteran characters. Uh, you know, even if, like, you walk up to him and he says, the young wolf returns or some stupid... Stupid crap like that. Like, if Shax can say it, why can't Saladin say it? Yeah, like, where's the damn sword I gave you? Yeah, where's the sword? Uh, yeah. I left it in the tower. Oh, wait a minute. It uh, was in my vault, apparently, along oh, with everything. No, hold on. Uh, oh, God, I hate to rehash this. Sorry. Uh, I wrote a whole bunch of them. <laughs> that would have been absolutely... Oh, here we go. Uh, so, when you get back, you walk up to Lord Saladin. Or you're playing an Iron Banner match. Uh, Lord Guardian, welcome back to the Iron Banner. I am Lord Saladin, last of the Iron Lords. Besides you. Unless you weren't here last year, then yes, me. I am the last. Uh, that just when you get a when you get a like a, a triple down in the crucible, young wolf, you crush your opponents like you did my Siva infected friends in the replication chamber. Good work. <laughs> cries off screen uh <laughs> titan your defense is impenetrable just like the door my dearest yolder died behind <laughs> uh, uh warlock you are a master of regenerating what regenerating uh, <laughs> hunter you disappeared from their view faster than shiro 4 did from this sequel amazing uh Young Wolf, good to see you again. Do you still have that honor sword I gave you to reforge the burning memory of the Iron Lords in the minds and hopes of the people? <laughs> no. Uh, That's all it was. Like, they were in the booth. He had to record a ton of lines. Obviously, those are a little bit, like, more humorous skewed. But he was in the booth. He had to do the recordings. So why can't you make the acknowledgement? <laughs> yeah. Like, again, even... so, And people always say, oh, well, you know, Destiny 2 went in development after Taken King and Rise of Iron was sort of thing. But he, sure, but he was in the booth for Rise of Iron. Even if he recorded all his lines for Destiny 2 during Rise of Iron, they should still... That should still provide a point of acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is Shax... Shax doesn't call any Crucible stuff right now, does he? Yeah. Yeah, he calls it a regular the crucible. Regular crucible. Does he? Yeah. No, I guess I don't listen. It's the 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 emissary calls the trials. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, Shax calls crucible and Saladin calls uh, Iron Banner. Okay. Uh, I have a massive list here, so let's talk. So we're, <laughs> we've har we harp again. We've harped pretty hard on this. I think we've we just made the points. Uh, in like an hour that it took us three and a half to do last time. 
there's still other stuff to mention. But we're also going to talk about things that we like. Uh, so I have a massive list here that I just, uh, somebody posted uh, that I absolutely fell in love with. Like there's just an, a wall of <laughs> questions. <laughs> like why can't we view our medals in the app? Why does an Iron Banner have power levels? Why do we even have power levels? Why does everything require tokens? What are the good or legendary shards? Why does the companion app no longer have three representations of characters? Why would anybody play the prestige raid? Why are the strikes less rewarding than public events? Why is everything less rewarding than public events? Why is testing? This list just goes on and on and on. It's hilarious. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Maybe I will at the very end of the show or something. <laughs> Why does it cost 15,000 uh, glimmer to paint my ship? <laughs> my ship. <laughs> <laughs> Why is no cutscene explaining the arrival of Callus? Why can I only delete one shader at a time? Why aren't there exotic mods? Why don't we have a target range in the farm? Why don't we even have a farm? Uh, and I think some of those things were answered or at least um, acknowledged in the recent This Week at Bungie. Yes. In the list of things, so things like legendary shards being useless and, re- re- you know, incentive <laughs> rewards and um, like private <laughs> matches and things. Yeah. This is one. This is one that kills me right here, and because I harp on it all the time. <laughs> the end game is what friendship. Is that what Deej said or whatever? Yeah. Friend game is the this end game. G- oh, yeah. Why do you want me to join a clan and play with my friends, but only allow me to play with two of them in any world activity, three others in Crucible, and five others in a raid, when that creates issues with my friends? <laughs> we had that, that problem the other... I had that same problem during Iron Banner. I jumped in with, with three guys that just invited me, and then some other dude joins a party and says, hey, you guys full? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm kind of the outsider. I can back out. And like, no, no, it's okay. You stay. And I'm like, wait a minute. Am I just, like, breaking up this this friend group? You know, it it was kind of weird to have to turn people away. I was having that conversation with my brother last night. We did a bunch of Crucible last night to get the uh, Call to Arms quest done, and we were just talking about, like, we're talking about 6v6. How, like, in Destiny 1, it's like, Okay, I'm in my fire team of three. I'm on patrol with three people. If we wanted to jump into the Crucible, we could play like the elimination-style games with those same three people. If you want to kill each other, we could go into Rumble, uh, which is one v- like 1v one everybody. But if we went into the raid and had six people, and then we all want to go play Crucible afterwards, we could keep the six. Like, you either have a team of one, a team of three, or a team of six. Like, and those all break down nicely. Uh, but in Destiny 2, it's like I can patrol with three, but then Crucible is four, but then the raid is six. So if you finish the raid and want to play Crucible, you're going to knock two people off. But then if you're coming from patrol, you need to find a fourth person. It's just like the, the numbers were clean in Destiny 1, clean multiples, and in Destiny 2, they're all over. And now that you say that, that happened a lot with me. We would go and run, you know, Dark Below, we'd go, you know, kill Crota real quick, and then we'd say, hey, what next? Let's go jump in some PvP. And the whole team would stay together, and we'd run PvP for another hour or two after, you know, our 30-minute Crota clear or whatever. Yeah. And that was common practice. I mean, we just, that was just kind of what we did. Um, haven't done that anymore, or couldn't do that anymore, but if I wanted to, you know, it would, would kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, or if you were in a game, if you were, like, just grinding on Iron Banner with a team of six, 
and then you're like, man, I'm 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 burnt out Iron Banner. Then we will run the raid. You you've got six people. Yeah, let's just fly out and do it. Right, right. Uh, or if we're like, if we're sick of patrolling, this is a big thing for us, for my crew, my little clan of three. If we were sick of patrolling or whatever with three, we could jump in the crucible, uh, and do like salvage as a three man team, or elimination as a three man team, or like any of those game types as a three man team without having to like, you know randomly match me with a fourth or or dig up yeah. a fourth person or just like it's just became it's because there's also a variety of size in matches yes and even and i hate to bring this up and i'm sorry and a man i if you were a pvp player i'm really sorry removing rumble from destiny it was like the most popular game type removing rumble from any pvp game i mean that that yeah. thing i mean i just i don't understand some of the i, mm. I, I decisions yeah, yeah and I, is there an explanation? Is there anywhere out there I can go find out more about some of the decision-making on those? Or is it just kind of, here's what we did and... Well, the Crucible, at the Bungie, at the D2 reveal, when they revealed that Crucible was going to be 4 uh, before, they also said they had streamlined the playlists because it allows for faster matchmaking. Uh, uh-huh. Because... Because now you don't have, like, say you have, you know, 4,000 people, right? And you have 1,000 queuing for Clash and 1,000 queuing for Control and 1,000 queuing for Rumble and 1,000 queuing for Salvage. That breaks up that, that 4,000 group into pockets, silos of 1,000. Now you say, okay, well, I'm going to go into competitive. Every single person who's queuing for competitive is a potential match. So theoretically, it speeds up matchmaking. The problem, though, is that some of the game types are awful. Mm. So people don't queue into competitive because the Crucible is a less rewarding experience at the moment. So all the really good and sweaty players actually go to the casual playlist where they stomp on on other people, which makes it not fun for those people. Uh, and even worse, they're getting match made into like uh, supremacy, which is not good at 4v4 like supremacy is a chaotic game mode right supremacy is 6v6 where you focus on close combat weapons like shotguns became super powerful uh in in the ideas you're throwing yourself constantly at your opponent and you play strategically where you have like your highly offensive people playing hardcore and you've got your people cleaning up in the crests. And when it's 6v6, there's always crests everywhere. There's always action happening on the map. When it's 4v4 and people are corner peeking with scout rifles, like you're not even going to get that crest. <laughs> and now in the weekly update, and this is insane to me, I don't understand this at all, uh supremacy is going to be changed where you now get a point for a kill and then an additional point for the crest but at that point it's just clash right (laughs) who cares about the crest just go on a rampage yeah which reminds me of playing in destiny one where you had salvage was it where you had to stand on the zone thing people just played that like clash yeah people yeah people played salvage like clash because, because the you, only time I actually got that thing was for some quest <laughs> when I actually yeah. played it properly, and every other time we played it, it was like, oh, let's just shoot people. No one else is going for them. I, I love Salvage was one of my favorite game types. Uh, I don't think it would work 
with 4v4. Oh, definitely um, not. Especially not with the time to kill now in Crucible. It would be impossible. But there's... Anybody trying... you get gunned down so hard trying to defend that. You'd just get team shot. But there's small things that they could have done to, you know, streamline the playlist without changing, you know, fire team sizes. Um... Well, they they did that in Destiny One, right? Yeah, there was the like there was the legacy game type, where you'd get a mix of it was a mix of maps for like Clash or Control, uh, or Elimination or I don't remember all the game types, but yeah, they they streamlined a little bit in Destiny Two, but it still worked out well. I mean, honestly, like let's be totally serious here. I like other than occasionally playing mayhem game types, which are uh uh. I could barely ever find people to play salvage with. Clash and control. Like, that... Let me choose... Like, when I want to play objective-based games, I will go and play control. I love Iron Banner control. I love the old-style control. When they had six people and you had to, like, remove the... You had to, like, break the zone and then reclaim it. Create some tense... Tense situations. It also created those amazing, like, montage moments of, like, Nova bombing five people <laughs> inside a control point. Uh, and Clash. Just let me pick Clash. Clash is, like, the crucible boiled down to its most basic form. Give me my tools and just let me go run around for seven minutes destroying people. Like, d- but queuing up in casual wanting to play clash and getting supremacy just makes me play supremacy like clash queuing up and wanting to play clash and then getting control is just gonna make me play control like clash and it's not good for the people who are there to actually play control well what i was gonna say was you know since destiny 2 has been out i've been you know i've played destiny 2 and i i slowed down myself from burning out on it too fast because I, you know, I haven't had as much time to play as as I had in the past. So I wasn't, you know, burning through all the content. And I've still got, you know, I'm working on a warlock now. And I've got my hunter pretty much, you know, done. Uh, minus the raid. And so I've been jumping into other games. You know, I, like I said before, I've been playing, you know, Cuphead and... Uh, a few, uh, you know, I picked, I downloaded Warframe on Xbox uh, and been playing that. But I also wanted to play some PvP of any type. So I'm like, well, let me jump into some of these older games, you know. And I, uh, I, I jumped into Call of Duty and played some Call of Duty PvP that Ooh. I hadn't played in a long time, and Halo, and uh, just to mess around and see how it felt compared to Destiny, it felt good, it was nice, because I used to play a lot of Call of, Call of Duty and Halo, and it was it was fun going back to them, but I realized quickly that they have a ton of playlists, you know, they've got a lot of playlists, but as soon as you queue into one, what's the first thing I see? I can vote, I can vote on what I want to play, and, you know, I've got options there, so even if, even if they wanted to streamline it to down to two playlists, have your competitive and your your casual um or you know objective and competitive kind of would make a little more sense to me maybe or, or i yeah. don't know um but uh but put it to a vote you know and then you know what's coming up you know what's coming in or what's available and the map i mean just there's a lot of things are you go ahead do, 
in D2, you don't even know what game type you're playing until the match is about to start. Right. Yeah. You can't even adjust your loadout. You have to uh, do loadout adjustment live. Right. And that and uh, you know, a great point to that is all these other games too, I can create and save these loadouts that I can just pick when the game types decided. You know, I don't have to move a bunch of stuff around. And if and and again, that seems pretty I don't know, just it, it's a pretty simple concept and it's not, you know, it, it's just it's kind of hard for me to to believe that that's something that wasn't considered at one point and if it was considered you know it'd be fun to find out why things like that were just you know taken off the table yeah yeah and again it's i like playing pvp and i want to play more of it but right now i'm just a little disappointed in the current state which i think a lot of people are but hopefully some of these changes coming will help i don't go ahead sorry Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I definitely agree that just having like the vote sort of system on on map and or game type, like even if it just said you know clash on this map, supremacy on that map, and you could vote on it, like that would that would make it so much better because even it's people want choice, and if they're not gonna give us choice of playlist to play, even the illusion of choice. Well, and not not <laughs> by choosing yeah. from a selection, and not only the 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 choice itself, but that would give Bungie real feedback on what people want to do mm, you exactly, know it, yeah. it's like but, maybe i mean the only way they can judge now is how often are people quitting out of a match as soon as they figure out what match it is that they don't want to play yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and i hate quitting out of crucible matches because i feel it's really unfair to the other people yeah. but like some so many times you know we'll be playing and i'll be like "Ugh, supremacy or "Ugh, i hate this map like well that's uh, the thing it's just let's just push through it and see if we can get a better map next time like and with with the long ttk and only 4v4 losing one member of your team is a huge disadvantage if especially you're playing, in things like supremacy when you have a whole team of clan coming charging at you like yeah. a giant freight train you're like oh like, well if you're playing 6v6 and you lose a team member, and then now it's 6v5, but you've got good players, and you've got, like, your supercharge, and you've got your grenades queued up. Like, you can, even if you never get matched with a sixth, there is an opportunity for good players to really shine with the use of, like, abilities and good shooting. And, like, Destiny 1 allowed those disadvantages to be overcome. In D2, you're screwed. You're You're just... <laughs> It's awful. If there's two guys running hip to hip, man, you are. If you go, if you go at them head on by yourself, the team the team shooting that, just amazes me. Yeah, well, I don't understand. That I was talking again. I was talking to my brother about this. He was a huge Halo player. Uh, like think, think of what the Destiny Two Crucible has right now. Even think of the Destiny One Crucible, and then think of the PvP that launched with it. Just like Halo 3. Think all the way back to Halo 3. Halo 3 had, like, ridiculous custom games. That's where, like, Griffball came from, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it was the like Forge, though. That was the a Forge. Thing. The Forge mm. was incredible. Like, the ability to just, like, in-game control everything to create new maps for ridiculous custom games... I, I even see some of the stuff that's happening in Halo 5 with some of the custom games. It's, it doesn't even look like Halo anymore. Like, people are creating entirely new games inside of Halo's game engine. 
Yeah, I remember uh, playing with friends. We used to just download a bunch of like race maps and get on mongooses and, and yeah. go racing and try and do flips and jumps and and that was so much fun. And people were just making these amazing things with all these resources in the game. Yeah, it was really I cool. couldn't believe, I still can't believe, that I could play a game. I could play all night. I could play, you know, for two hours and go back and I could literally watch... Is that the right use of the word literally? I don't know. I could literally watch <laughs> Is there any? every single match I played from any player's perspective on the map. That was you could follow it was bullet. nuts. You could, yes. And I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was surreal. It was it was great. And I could I was making fun of other games for not having that in there because I was such a huge Halo supporter. And then you know, I think everyone fully expected Destiny One to launch with this just massive PvP tool to do what yeah what, ability that yeah, tool yeah what what Halo had and it didn't and it was and again it was something that you're like man what a missed here's opportunity the, again here's even the thing about Halo like if you wanted to you could go to to the to Bungie's site you could look up like the most insanely detailed stats about your oh, matches. Yeah. You could see you could see how many bullets you fired. It's still <laughs> out there. You can still go find that stuff. Yeah. Like none of that information. We don't that, right now in Destiny 2 when you get a medal, you don't even know why you got it. There's what there, it is or where to see there's, it. Yeah. There's nowhere not Destiny Tracker now lists the medals, but it doesn't list how they're earned. You don't even know why you got the medal. Like yeah, and Bungie has admitted they have all that information. They know how often a weapon is used, how many bullets are fired out of that particular weapon, like all the heat maps and stuff. It's like yeah, they, they're they're for some reason something changed inside the whoever leads their PvP team who suddenly feel that the information is just not surfaceable to the player. Give uh, people stats. We love stats. That's all we I ever want wanted. All the stats. So like, what what do we want? I want I want all the stats and I want an in-game codex. Like, yeah, like I want to know how many steps I've taken with my left foot as yeah, a hunter. Games have been doing this for, <laughs> you know, the past 15 years. I guess maybe not that long. Was it 2000? But yeah, no, Halo 3 is, 10, is a decade old. Yep. So, you know, we started this this little tangent um, yeah, back yeah, on the... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> on, the, on this week at Bungie or whatever, uh, the, the weekly update. And, you know, you mentioned Chris Barrett. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna run through a few of the the things that are we're gonna see changing. And again, think to yourself. We won't go in too much into it, um, but think to yourself: How many of these things do you think might have been could have been implemented at launch, or, or you know how much different the game would feel if these things were there now? Um, and why, again, why do you think they didn't make it in? So um, new systems rewards to give our most engaged players additional optional pursuits. So more end game stuff for the hardcore, I guess. Uh, better incentives for players who complete challenging prestige activities. Kind of a no-brainer there. Better rewards and replay value for strikes, adventures, and lost sectors. Again, something that that you would have, you know, hoped would have been there at launch, I think. Uh, yeah, but I mean, even if it's not, like, it's glad, I'm glad that these, this is, the list you're reading right now is like a direct acknowledgement of 
the community. Oh yeah, but did they? I mean, do we know when this is is dropping? When this is coming out? They didn't uh, really say, right? Working on it says. Yeah, updates the, we're working yeah. on. The only one that has a date on it is Private Matches. Yep, and that was the next one, Private Matches for Competitive Community, which uh, is early 2018. Uh, Crucible Tuning, which, yeah, tuning comes with, with, you know, using and experiencing the game, so... Um, but we know that, that we know this patch is on the way. That the crucible scoring stuff, the the control scoring stuff, this patch one point zero point six. Some of these things are on their way uh, almost immediately. Uh, better incentives for completing crucible matches and penalties for quitting competitive games. So that's something new, I think. Right? They haven't never had any penalties in PvP, have they? I don't. Think yeah, so. I don't think so either. I think it's a good thing for competitive. I agree. Because of the huge difference it makes with a four-player team to have that disadvantage. Four on three is a huge difference to six on five. Yep. Improvements to Iron Banner and faction rallies, including uniqueness of rewards. Uh, changes to the mod economy, uh, more interesting and impactful. Ongoing improvements to exotics, including adjustments to reduce instances of duplication. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> new yeah, ways to right. spend surplus currency like my maxed out glimmer at the current moment um, and materials looking at you shards well there you go that's another thing I mean like mm-hmm. I said every week I buy yeah. everything that Zer has and then I decide if I already had it or not afterwards and then just trash <laughs> it um, strangely enough the last one excites me the most <laughs> And yeah this is pretty <laughs> awesome and this is something that I think day one people were like oh my gosh why can't I you know, do more with this. Yeah. Um, an emote interface that allows you to equip salty, spicy ramen, six shooter, and flip out all at the same time. Well, what if I don't have all those four? Um. Well, my boyfriend sent me this uh, as the this week at Bungie off Reddit, and he said there was a comment by Cosmo saying they were just examples. I know. I was kidding. I hope they were just examples. Oh, okay. But uh. Yeah. But yeah. So being able well, to remember, expect- but remember that all those emotes go away at the end of season one. Wait, I won't have it anymore. I... No, no, you, you'll never, you won't be able to get them again. Right, right. So, like, I've got salty and flip out right now, but I won't be able to get spicy ramen or six shooter after season one. Yeah, unless it comes back around in another season or whatever. Yeah, I half wonder if they're gonna do a similar thing with Eververse, where you can get an RNG package from previous stuff. So. Yeah, they, I mean, they did that with other Eververse in. But it was still a random. It was still a slot machine. It was still random. You couldn't pick the. Oh right yeah, away. yeah. But I didn't mind that. Like in Destiny One, you could go to Eververse and be like, "I wanted something from Festival of Lost last year," and you just buy a package and it, whatever's in it, it's lucky dip. But that's fair enough because the season's over and you can still get the stuff. So I think I think so. we got a good mix of of like quality of life improvements here as well as you know technical stuff. So yeah. and then the and then patch one point zero point six. Uh, should be out this coming week. Hmm. Uh, that and that fixes the bureaucratic walk. Uh, it fixes the empty public spaces a little bit. They're changing. They're updating the mercy rule to activate slightly later in the match. <laughs> Thank goodness. I was playing last night with my brother, and we were up in a control match. I swear it was like ninety to fifteen, and it didn't get called as mercy. Well, because uh, it's only if you're eleven or below. Yeah. Which is stupid. Just crazy. <laughs> Half the time uh, we get on a map that's stupid and we're like, oh, well, let's not shoot anyone and just see if our stupid team members get it over 11 if we have to actually fight. So they're reducing the score limit in Clash from 75 to 50. 
which is to make clash matches go much faster. They're reducing the control score limit from 100 to 90, which is sort of inconsequential. Uh, and they say they're reducing the influence that enemy controlled zones exert over the spawning system. Now, when Iron Banner launched and people were getting killed off the spawn constantly, they said that they were going to adjust it, and then they did, and it got worse. So <laughs> take yeah. this one with a grain of that salty emote. Uh, yeah. They're reducing the round time limit from three to two minutes in survival, and they're reducing the life count from eight to six. It's going to make survival matches go a little bit faster. I'm not a fan. That's the one I do like. It's the other one that I don't like with the bomb. Uh, mm. And Supremacy, they're increasing the score uh, from 50 to 70. They're now giving you a point for defeating an enemy guardian. Like we said, it's just going to become Clash. Uh, and they're adjusting the influence that enemy crests have on the spawning system. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. But hmm. so. But it's, it's a pretty good sort of all-round, I think, with all, all of that upcoming and the fixes. I think it's not all good fixed but it's a step in the right direction yeah it's absolutely a step in the right direction it makes me happy at yeah least. it'll get there uh, unlike unlike the last few <laughs> this week at bungie so you're like seriously <laughs> and in case you're just tuning in we do like destiny 2 we Love still it. play it so well here's the thing right and this is something i want to 110 percent uh give kex credit for uh he pointed out that at this point in the game, there's a better framework for getting back to where we were in Destiny 1 than there was in Destiny 1. In Destiny 1, it took three years, mm. but the framework for Destiny 2 allows those changes to happen much faster. So we could get to that year three point in D2 by, you know, the end of year one, which means that the rest of the time we spend playing is only better things happening to the game yeah i can see that 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 makes yeah. sense and you know I, I th a lot of that probably has not you know not just with the framework but just you know we're not they're not having to make sacrifices to other things to bring in new things because of uh you know last gen consoles no i don't believe that. no Look, go go open your vault and tell me that that is in any way better. No, no, no. I'm not saying that's better. No, I'm just saying that <laughs> that was that was an excuse, or that's what one of the things was before. Yeah, yeah. last gen was an excuse, and it's still awful on next gen. It's worse. But it's a good point that it can get better faster yes. and keep improving from there. Which, yeah. yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, yeah, again, mechanics and systems, absolutely. Uh, the writing. Uh, <laughs> We need next-gen writers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. Jeez, we need writers who play Destiny 1 and understand how to draw from the well of lore and storytelling that was there to create new and exciting things and not just do name shout-outs for no reason to try and excite players from D1. Maybe we can put together uh, like a consulting group to go in and explain to them how the world works. <laughs> get kind of the I mean the best. I have a so here's the thing like and maybe I'll publish this I don't know uh, ever since I finished the campaign for Destiny 1 I've been trying to track down 
a screenplay for it. Uh, and one doesn't exist. I did this with Destiny 1, uh, where I trekked in the screenplay, and I rewrote almost the entire thing. Like, all I, I tried to rewrite it in a way that if you tried to think critically about it, you could come to some kind of conclusion rather than just be annoyed. Like the thing with like having Sloan have a throwaway line about the force field generator being back on her, whatever stupid thing like that. Like little things to cover for the gross inconsistencies. And I've been doing it with Destiny 2 as I play through, like, and I can't, you can't replay the campaign. Uh, like I watch videos and I, I write down all the things, the dialogue, things that happen. I know there's dynamic dialogue in Destiny 2, so it's not always the same, but I'm just trying to like, fill in a lot of the little blanks uh and i've just recently started to think that i'm wasting my time doing it but uh, hey i got a question um yeah because i've seen i saw the guy who um you know data mined the pc version because obviously that's a little easier to do than consoles and he pulled mm-hmm. out um was it just the audio from some of the stuff, some like all the, all yeah, the a, audio a, files, is that right? Yeah. There's a bunch, yeah. So, and he transcribed a lot of the audio. And anybody out there listening that knows the answer to this, um, aren't subtitles stored as like some type of text file somewhere? Um, and if so, and you know how to pull out the subtitles <laughs> and post those no. somewhere. They don't. It doesn't matter. Have you? Do you play with subtitles do. on? Do you have you noticed that a lot of times what the characters actually say and what the subtitles say are totally different? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I guess so. Sometimes. <laughs> I haven't heard it totally different, but there's a few phrasing inconsistencies. Yeah, I, I think I didn't notice. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't notice huge differences, but I noticed you know specific words, um, Cade in quite a few spots. You know, it's almost yeah. like. Almost like Nathan Fillion took some some creative liberties with what he was saying, as opposed to following the script exactly, and the actual script made it to the subtitles, but what he said didn't, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. but either way, I still think that'd be a, an awesome. It's a starting point. Yeah, it'd be. I don't know. I know most of that stuff's probably already been transcribed by a lot of people, but I don't know. I think it'd be yeah, cool to some... see. Uh. Yeah, there, I mean, there's certainly some interesting stuff in there, uh, in that data mine. There's some stuff that I think people want to be more than it actually is, unfortunately, and it's not. Uh, I'm trying to find... There's a couple of references to people, oh, there's there's new worlds that are coming up, and like Meridian, I think, was one of them, and... It wasn't Typhon. It was another moon. Uh, but I was like, oh, these are new planets we're going to. And it's like, it's not. Those were code names for Io and Titan. During development. During yeah. development. Yeah. And there's other stuff like that. I mean, there's Prison of references, prison of Elders references. There's a bunch of dialogue about the Dreadnought. But that is dialogue that actually did appear in Destiny 1. So... Like again, there could be a lot of holdover code, and like we we know that you know Destiny One was built on spaghetti code, so there's a, and we know that Destiny Two, 
a lot of the problems from Destiny 2 came from Destiny 1. Like, just look at the beta with the super glitch still working. Like, uh, so there's still there's plenty of legacy Destiny 1 in Destiny 2 that a data mine may not be the most accurate representation of what's coming down the line, but it's definitely awesome to yeah. have. Absolutely. Yeah, it's neat. Well, let's move on. Um, we actually have a little section here that we we all put in what our new favorite zones are. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Filled out the form. Yeah, I just wanted to... Let's talk about... Yeah, let's well, let's get into it and talk a little bit about what we do like. And, and I know we each kind of have our list. There might be some stuff we haven't talked about yet uh, that we can we can at least kind of kind of buzz through and, and each to each our own kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. I guess I'll go first since I'm the first person on this <laughs> okay. list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, I really wanted to love IO, uh, but it's empty. It is, it's like a dead world. Uh, the Pyramidian's awesome. Uh, but this is one of those lore things that really bothers me. We're told by Ikora that it is an extremely sacred place, especially to warlocks. But we find like no temples, no laboratories, no libraries. Nothing like the the lighthouse. The only real environments there are the Cabal base, the Warmind Vault, and a cave full of Taken. Like, if this place was so sacred, where... Like, when we land, we get that amazing view of the cradle, right? That concept art is Ikora and the Guardian looking at the cradle. You can't go there. Mm. Uh, yeah, and there's just, like, books from Asher and a bunch of study notes of his kind of scattered in random caves around the place <laughs> no other signs of any yeah. other guardians or people yeah and i get yes one of the lost sectors is grove of ulantan and that's cool that ulantan was there but if again ikora makes it out like this is like the most sacred of sites where all great warlocks made a pilgrimage to it's like there's no evidence of osiris no evidence of toland no evidence of ariana three or the the praxic order uh the Thanatonauts, nothing like there's she says this is a, a sacred place to warlocks but we have there's no evidence on the planet that it actually was and that's another great example of the game saying to us hey x is this thing but then nothing backs it up uh Give it a so i had to one trip advisor yeah <laughs> so i had to get the number one spot to titan uh because i think that even though it's Again, completely unexplained at this point why the hive biology there is completely different from anywhere else. Uh, I think they tried to do like a horrors of the deep kind of vibe on the on Titan, and they nailed it. Uh, especially if you get deep down into the arcology, and there's a lot of potential there. Like when I was uh, ridiculous glitching through the through Titan, the arcology is enormous. There's so much room there to expand that even when you're outside the map and looking down at the the different rooms the way they're linked together there's so many like empty doorways and open space to just keep building i i love the arcology and i love that sort of like again like horrors of the deep uh claustrophobia type uh almost like body horror uh, type environment. I think they did a great job. See, and I always forget that that's a thing that they do. Um, but I was then when I when I do remember, you know, there used to be a place on 
what was it, in the Cosmodrome that a door just one day after, you know, an update or DLC or whatever was open and that was a new area to go and run through quests and I, and that's, you know, it's, it's, again, it's just me being dumb and forgetting that, that stuff happens, but knowing that that stuff's there because you've glitched into it is kind of cool to, to think about. Yeah. I love that. Like on, in the Cosmodrome, like some of the really deep lower levels of the Warmind Bunker, like, that stuff wasn't there at the beginning of <laughs> right, right of of Destiny One. Like you could barely get past that door where the Celebrant of Oryx was, and then you know during Dark Below they opened up a huge section of that, and then later taking King they opened up a whole bunch more sections of that. Like they did some great some great building there. There's still some doors in D1 that that are unused. There's one on Mars. I'm hoping we go back to Mars uh, because there's definitely opportunities there to open those zones back up. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with Titan. Uh, I hope they fix some of the horrible inconsistencies that are happening <laughs> there. Uh, you know, on a from the outside view, like you know, again, especially Sloane and Zavala and fixing that kind of stuff. Uh, but I love the. I think they did a great job in the environment. I'm gonna there. do, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the hive. So well, and this this kind of. I'm going to do my gavel. Imp- well, no, I won't do an impression of gavel. I don't want to insult him. Um, but but he <laughs> isn't here with us, obviously, but he did fill in some notes on this document. And uh, for him, he says, uh, Nessus is my favorite, mostly because it's covered in Vex. And if you go back to something I'll reference later, um, our community focus, he mentions that the Vex is his favorite enemy by far but if the pyramidium was open though uh and explorable on io without glitching into it he'd probably have a hard time picking between the two um <laughs> but it's not so suck it io plus failsafe <laughs> aka destiny's tiny tina <laughs> um makes me happy so that's a little input from gavel there for me i gotta say right now the european dead zone is is really fun i just like the whole feel of it when i'm there you know, just, uh, you know, everything's kind of overgrown and, you know, it gives me, you know, it's like, this is the place, this is, this is our home, you know, this is the place that we've been, been fighting to keep safe. I know not, not specifically the European dead zone, but, you know, earth as it, as you will, uh, has been the place we've been fighting to keep safe and, and it's nice to be on the ground, you know, and, and, I know Cosmodrome was there, but it just felt weird. Uh, but uh, but this place just feels lived in because of all of the structures and and everything else that's around. Uh, so that's that's kind of my my favorite at the moment. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I love the EDZ. That was my that was my choice. Um, Exploring like ruined old cities, overgrown forests, it, it totally appeals to me. I love that sort of thing. Um, I love big open areas as opposed to the claustrophobic sort of thing. Although that is a really, <laughs> it's a really cool style. But what really appeals to me is the the big open like grand scale things. Um, mm-hmm. The whole area feels really detailed and well fleshed out as far as like where you can explore. Maybe not like consistency wise, but as far as an area. Um, I love just being able to run up the cliffs and get totally surrounded by forest and look around and not see any enemies and not see anywhere. Just be, just be trees. That makes me happy. Um, <laughs> happy trees. Also, just happy trees, yeah. And just tree, <laughs> trees, water, mountains, 
Uh, I'm in my happy place. But <laughs> um, I love the Lost Sectors, like, from the the coast and up to the top. Yep. Like, where you can just cut through to a whole nother zone through the Lost Sector. Yeah, I love really that. Cool. It's it's really, like, an immersive way of getting a shortcut. Because I know you can fast travel. I love the fast travel. But I love being able to travel somewhere and find know my way around on foot or on sparrow um much to the annoyance of my boyfriend but um <laughs> it's just fast travel already uh, yeah but but being able to just oh well there's a public event there in a minute i'll run through the the zone like the lost sector and it like it just feels really cool so just fast travel i would if i could see you on my map uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you, uh, you both mentioned the EDZ, so for obvious reasons, this doesn't apply to Titan. Uh, it could apply to IO, maybe, uh, not really on Nessus. But for the EDZ, do you, either of you, wish that there were more human NPCs in the EDZ? Like, it's made out to be like this is a pretty commonly run area from a, by a lot of people, like on the farm and people who live outside the tower, but like, we never see anybody in the EDZ um, other than Devrim in his, his indestructible tower and sometimes Hawthorne during missions. But. I'd like... Uh, I feel like... Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I feel like, because Hawthorne's whole thing was up on hills with a sniper or, like, looking down and wasn't really in the thick of it, and I feel like any people who were with her would be the same. And, like, sure, there's supplies supposedly coming to and from, but... In Destiny 1, sorry to call it back to that again, the EDZ was this, like, we don't go there <laughs> sort of zone. And uh, even though you had Crucible maps there, it was still, like, you didn't patrol it. And I feel like I, I find it pretty acceptable that there's not many people there other than those who are holding out. Well, but even the EDZ maps in Destiny 1, like the Crucible maps, there was mm. that const there's people fighting against that catch. Mm. Uh, but those people, like, there's people actively fighting in the EDZ, but we never see them. Yeah, I think I just accept that that it's that it's huge, and we're in a small section of it. I I don't know. I I'm glad you asked that question because I've actually thought about things like that, where you know it would be awesome if some of the little you know quests or things like that were you know go and find this. I don't know what you'd call it, uh, 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 the settlement and rescue the people and escort them back to this, you know, kind of escort missions. I really like those. Um, That'd be such a hunter. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I mean, but, but again, we, we hear, I guess it's partially because we hear about some of those epic stories of, you know, the Titans escorting people back to the city and the hunters and, and everybody doing this thing. I wanted to do that stuff that I read about that these, these, you know, these legacy yeah, like guardians great, did, you know, that great rusted lands card. Yeah, where that team of hunters finds a whole bunch of refugees, and only uh, one of them makes them it back or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and and it just that was the that was their jobs. We're we're escorting these people back to the city, but why couldn't we go and and rescue people? You know, in the in the European dead zone and and surrounding places, and just be able to even even if it's not escorting them somewhere go and protect them because the fallen are there trying yeah. to trying to bust in and yeah. take well, their like, stuff that's like, 
Yeah, or you have like a lost sector, right, that's like an encampment that's being attacked. So you have the people who are fighting back against the fallen, and then you're coming in behind the fallen. You've got to clear all the fallen to, to help the people who are trapped inside the ED, inside the, uh, the lost sector or something. Yeah, and I mean, not to, again, not to jump into other games, but, you know, so many other games that I've played, you go and find someone and they ask you to help them do something or do something. And it's like, <laughs> you know, that's what the European dead zone to me kind of kind of should have been or could be is, you know, oh, my gosh, we're starving. And all those all those caches that we we, you know, transmatted up to the farm or wherever the hell they ended up, you know, well, let's take let's go find some of those those things and take them back to these people or, or bring those people to it so they can and then escort them back while they carry supplies that they need or just i mean there's so many different ways and storylines that, that could be could have been weaved in there to give you more of a sense of i'm a guardian and these are the things i'm guarding and i'm helping and i'm, I'm taking care of it's these people that's what matters and that's what what we were founded upon you know so yeah I, there's an adventure in the EDZ that ends in a campsite mm-hmm. uh, where the fallen attack. Yeah. I'm like, oh, am I going to see other people? Like, do I have to like do these people get chased out by the fallen, and I've got to fight to get their campsite back? But nothing ever. Comes yeah, that was it. like the like the second or third, um, oh, whichever quest is it a quest? Yeah, in the in the quest lines because uh, they slowly trickle in, and then all of a sudden there's a big servitor. Yeah, and yeah, that's. That was a fun one. I mean, it was like I said, it was neat. Like I said, the everything around that was was cool. Or you know, even when the cabal, you know, you you send that fake distress signal and the cabal come up and you have all those bombs set up on that that one little road, <laughs> you know, things like that. that you know, there could be patrol groups and you have to go and clear those patrol groups so that these these people can make it from wherever they were at this encampment before to somewhere else. And I mean, I just like I said, it just something to immerse me more in the world that makes me be it makes it makes my character uh more of a of a I feel like they're part of a living yeah world. yeah it's it, I'm, I'm useful it gives me it gives me something to to go for even if it's you know and i could repeat the same ones or whatever you know being able to do kind of those same kind of quests over and over would be would be cool as opposed to you know, okay, go kill these seven fallen and pick up the stuff they drop, and boom, there you go. No, go kill these seven every fallen time I, so other people can bust through. And every time I play that mission where we steal all their explosives and put them up on the top of the <laughs> hill, uh, I always thought it'd be great if Hawthorne was like, "Hey, I'm going to send a couple snipers down to help you out," uh, and then you've got like a like whatever like uh renegade snipers in the trees or something uh who are shooting the explosives and helping set them all off and while you're like distracting the cabal or whatever like, just to have like some other things going on in the right. world yeah no because this game definitely um tries a little bit with the story to push home the fact that guardians without light is just are just normal people and yeah. like there there needs to be more of a cooperation and an understanding between humans and guardians or normal people and guardians but yet you know things like that where we don't get help from them we don't have to help them so they're just making that divide bigger for us as players 
Yeah. That was like, well, no, no, we don't need to help refugees because we are the guardians. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or like ghost and I, I feel ghost like bickering about. It kind so. of goes against the point. Yeah. It just goes against the point of like what the game's trying to push home right. to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that happens a lot in Destiny 2. The game says one thing, but then there's no actual mm. systems or anything that actually support that claim. Just like, we said it, so you should believe it. Yeah. Without, without actually showing me why I should. Uh, well, let's move on to our little lists. We got our little lists here oh. of, of likes and dislikes that we kind of threw together real quick. But, um, <laughs> and I and I'm gonna skip most. Of, I'll I'll hit mine real quick because um, we've already talked about it. But uh, you know, just the the whole lack of kind of creativity in the world for me is is it hurts my feelings about destiny Two a little bit just because i wanted i wanted it you know i wanted something else out of it and and that's fine that i didn't get it maybe i will eventually um guns and armor are so boring without our armor is so boring. without without oh. these extra little perks and stuff that we would unlock or the random rolls i'm a, i was a i was a big fan of rand of rng and random rolls just because it gave me something else to do with stuff you know and that kept me playing because i'm like maybe i can get a combination of perks it'll be just a little better than this gun i already have but now it's i see a duplicate and i just know i can just delete it and it's gone and no no harm no foul because i didn't accidentally you know i'm not going to accidentally delete my god roll shotgun or whatever and i miss i miss that i miss the 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 stuff the perfect example of this happened to me last night i say i was playing the crucible with my brother so we did a call to arms, and the call to arms triggered Shax's rewards, and it triggered Hawthorne's rewards. So my brother zones into the tower. He runs to Shax. Shax gives him the sniper rifle, Gentleman Vagabond. He runs to Hawthorne as I'm running to Shax. He goes to Hawthorne. God damn it, Gentleman Vagabond. As he's saying that, I am cashing in my quest with Shax. I get Gentleman Vagabond. I run to Hawthorne to meet him. I talk with Hawthorne. I also get Gentleman Vagabond from her. <laughs> wow. We we opened four of what are supposed to be end game engrams, and we got four of the exact same weapon within minutes of each other. Like and there's how no difference it, between them. There's not a nothing. Hmm. How is that okay? Yeah, it's in. How how is that rewarding to the end game player who just put in like an hour and a half worth of gameplay to complete these two things? I remember and you know, I remember getting you know purple Ingrams in D one and being excited. And now I get one, I'm kinda like, eh, okay, I'll open it when I get to it, kind of thing. Because more than likely it's something I already have and it's not gonna be anything different than what I already have. So it's just kinda it it doesn't really the loot there's too much of it, and it doesn't necessarily excite me the way that it did. And again, maybe it's just the way I play, and I'll point this out. I've been very, very casually playing Destiny 2. I have not been grinding at all, and I still feel that way. Um, and again, it might just be me. Uh, so, mats drive me nuts. You know, I see stuff on planets, and it's like, oh, I'm going to pick that up, but it doesn't really do much. 
So no, don't. If you pick up the mat, you're gonna trigger the lockout, and you can't open any more chests. <laughs> uh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, if you if you open too many chests and pick up too many materials, it triggers a lockout that will give you nothing from the next time you try to get any of that stuff until your cooldown is done. Um. Okay. Well, then I'll stop doing and that. They sh- and they share a timer, and the mats give you like a quarter of what the tokens do. So you're you're should only be opening chests, but not too fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, I I just don't get the I, I I don't know I. It's never it's that's never surfaced to the player. It's a hidden system designed to impede the player without ever notifying the player of it. Hmm. Well, that's good to know, players. This is a collection game, so go yeah. collect things, but you I won't mean, get anything. I could, you could totally justify it, like, oh, we don't want them to farm too fast, but don't hide it from the player. Right. Notify the player it's occurring. Um, that frustrates me so endlessly on places like Titan. Titan, where there's like yep. damn mats everywhere within feet of each other, and I mm-hmm. can't pick them all up, and that's my stupid challenge for the day. <laughs> and the other thing I want to mention real quick, just so you mentioned about the the guns thing in my story about the gentleman mm-hmm. vagabond. Uh, Regardless of whether or not you like random rolls or don't like random rolls, the one thing that really drives me is that it it removes the ability to have a conversation. Like in Destiny 1, if I had gone to Shax and I had gotten a thousand yard stare, and he had gone to Shax and gotten a thousand yard stare, and then we had gone whatever, we opened two more engrams and both got thousand yard stairs and now we're looking at, we could at least have a conversation about, oh, what perks did you get? Oh, that's not as good as the one that I already have. Oh man, that's an awesome roll and this is a garbage roll. I'll use this to infuse something else. It just, whether or not you liked playing with the random roll, it at least gave you a, a, a conversation jumping off point. And I can't count how many times in Destiny 1, my brother or myself or our like our other fire team members would say, hey, I just got a blank with this role. Do you think that's better than this other one? And we'd have a conversation for like a half an hour <laughs> about why we think one perk is better than another perk. It inspired conversation between players. And if, if friend game is the end game, give friends something to talk about. Um, read my number eight. <laughs> where yeah, is all the destiny discussion at and that's exactly where i was headed with that was you know it's not giving us i mean to your point we had a channel in our discord and our slack called guns and gear and that's exactly yeah. what it was for for people who didn't know enough about the weapons and the perks and the roles to come in and say hey is this a good one and people would say nope trash it or they'd say oh yeah here this is great because of this and there would there would be these huge discussions in this one channel about one gun and yeah. a million people would not a million you know a, half a dozen people would yeah. chime in and give their opinions and their reasons why and that was enough just at someone's drop was enough to spark a conversation just like you said and we don't have that and you know I won't go into all the details of all the different topics and stuff but you know I'm in I don't even want to guess how many discords anymore, but they're all so quiet. They're just, there's yeah. not, and they're all destiny specific discords and people used to be, I mean, there were people active in there around the clock, nonstop 
talking about destiny and the game and their drops and their their thoughts and what was going on and and it's just a kind of it's kind of turning into a ghost town in all of these even you know we're we're fairly decent sized discord uh but there are some other ones that are a lot bigger than us you know crucible radio and and destiny reset they've got a lot of people in there and they've got you know because of that they obviously have more conversations than than we do at any given time but it's not the volume that there used to be so that's what i want to see come back is something that sparks these conversations between friends about the game that they love to play because it's just not there yeah so and that's that's double that's even more so for right right i mean that was what our you know that was a foundation that our our slack was founded upon was come here to Mm -hmm. talk about the lore well now it's you know there you can't (laughs) (laughs) right i mean what are you going to talk about um i mean there's still conversations that go on but then you you i mean really get into that whole speculative kind of fan fictiony area that it's like not lore it's not it's not you know, story that we're discussing anymore. It's and that those was some of the best aha moments, mm-hmm. like in in our original Slack and then in our Discord, where it's like, oh well, so here's how this played out. You know, A B C D, and somebody would be like, oh man, I found this really obscure thing though, like in a random grimoire entry that could make maybe it happened a different way, and you're like, oh my god, now I have to research this, and like, oh my, it turns out there's more references than just that. It's like the conversation had a chance to grow and evolve because people read things differently. I I think, again, I'll, I'll mention Kex again. Kex often read things and interpret them differently than I did. So we could look at a body of text. Hey, these are the story beats. And we'd agree on, okay, here's how it started. Here's what happened in the middle. Here's what happened at the end. Okay, well, why did it happen this way? Well, the way I read it is, you know, this happened and this happened this person. And then Kex would read it and be like, well, this happened and this happened, but you may be overlooking the fact that this person could have reacted differently. Like there's, there's, there's so much to debate uh, based on the volume of, of content I don't want to say content, the volume of writing we had to analyze and the, and the way things could have played out. And now there's nothing, there's nothing past the surface now. So, yeah. And so then, you know, I mean, I think one of my last things on my, my kind of list of, of things that I'm not real happy with is just PVP. And we, we kind of beat that one already. So things that, I mean, so what I'm, what I'm loving about destiny, I mean, it's destiny. I'm a fan of destiny. I want to play destiny but I just wanted it to be so much. I wanted it to be more. I wanted it to be more immersive, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, when you like a thing, you want more. Well, yeah, I know. And yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm still a fan. I love the game. Um, I'm really liking, you know, the stuff it has to offer. I like the, the lost sectors and the, the public events and the high value targets that pop up randomly or in the middle of a public event. And all of a sudden, you know, there's just crazy stuff's been going on. And and I'm really loving the the feel of the game, and when I'm able to get in there and play with people that are you know friends or, or not friends, even it's it's been been a good time. I'm I'm really enjoying the game. Um, those are those those are those like real destiny moments, right? Like when you're on Titan and somebody just activated the heroic event with the double walkers during a flashpoint, and then the that crazy shank shows up. 
but then that the blade of Savathun <laughs> guy shows up, yep. and then the the blade of Savathun picks a fight with the high value target that just showed up, and it's just chaos everywhere. And you're in the middle of it, like trying to grab a scorch cannon and take the tanks down in time, but this hive dude's chasing you, and he takes off like three quarters of your health in a single hit, and then the high value target is spamming its scorch cannon. It's like that that those are like destiny moments those are like how am i gonna get out of this it's pandemonium everything is exploding and the only thing i can think of during those moments is am i the only one that realizes that we're in a deep pile of shit here and knows what to do (laughs) i hope these other guys that are in my public event know what's going on and know what to do because it's scary you know it's it's don't tether the tank tether the dropship ads they're gonna destroy us or if you're trying to trigger a heroic event and you immediately realize this person doesn't know what to do and you're trying to trigger it before they like go to the next phase right yeah that's that's <laughs> the real end game is the taken blight public event where you're trying to trigger the heroic before everybody else ruins right it. you're running in and out of the bubble shooting at the big blight and you're like oh come on a little more i, yep. I know i'm almost there it's got to be there so good stuff uh so yeah that's i mean that's kind of my list and I, I i don't know if you guys want to talk about some of the stuff on yours but uh but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Go for it, sure. Oh, you want me to read my list? Okay. I mean, well. what what's relevant or what's not? Whatever you want to talk about. I, I like I, lo- I like your number one here because that's been an issue. That, that... Yeah, my my hate list is uh is kind of in order of priority. <laughs> my like list is a general <laughs> thing, a nice pile like my vault. Um, Number one thing is stupid not having a voice or emotions of my player character. I I really get into a good character and a deep character and an interesting... My character is... It's a blank canvas. Sure, it's a blank canvas for me to put my personality on, but there's no personality there to <laughs> empathize with. It, it, it really bothers me sometimes. And it makes... I don't know, it just makes little things, little cutscenes and everything really bland. It's like I've brought flavorless crackers to the table of a beautiful dinner. Enjoy, everyone. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, there's... Like, and there's a couple of really good points for it, right? Like, there's, there's a couple of moments where our character speaking could have really, like, mm. like drove home, like, a, an emotional touchstone. Yeah. My favorite is when um uh you f- you're going to get Kate out of the time stream and Ghost kind of he says say something whatever and Ghost sort of jumps ahead of you to say something and you can't, your character kind of turns to him and you're like excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite cuz that's how I felt the entire game up to that point. Um and Ghost kind of bothers me as well but not not because of just because of some of the scans and everything just so duh. <laughs> um, like you were saying before oh, this is a thing wonder what it does that's what I was asking you do you yeah. not have scans tell me what it's made of or something <laughs> like it's a metal thing composed of this it's only used by Cabal great information I'll walk away happy Second thing I hate is no sparrow horns because I like to spam it as I drive past people and I can no longer do that. Um, I hope if they bring back SRL, which I hope they will since they keep mentioning SRL people in all the yes. flavor text, I hope they bring back sparrow horns as a reward for that 
like they had before. Just if they don't have the default one. I hope they at least bring something back with that because I want I want to mash my horn at I people. Was, I was reading something about the horn. Sorry to interrupt. Um, about yeah. spamming them and people were like really irritated by it. And I apparently... That's why I do it. <clears throat> well, apparently in uh, Overwatch, uh, you know, your, your characters can speak. You can, you know... <laughs> Hi there. Yeah, exactly. There. <laughs> but people were getting but banned they... or like locked out from their voice. They're getting muted. That's right. It was like auto muting if you spammed it. Spam the voices oh, okay. too much in game. So that was something that they implemented, I guess, in Overwatch. And uh, and it'd be pretty funny if that was the case with these horns. If they brought them back, <laughs> you spam them uh, too much. But it's different. It's kind of different because yeah, kind of. it's so one thing cool. when you're in a. It, it, it's one thing like if you could activate Sparrowhorn in a crucible match or something and just mash it at people and be a jerk that was that's kind of different to SRL when you're passing people and you just kind of beep 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 as you pass like it doesn't I don't think it annoys people to the same extent but you're one of the ones that doesn't get annoyed by it yeah that's the, that's <laughs> the point fun. it doesn't annoy me I mean I'm I'm used to chaos in my everyday life and noise hmm. but uh but it's not just spamming it. Like when I I go to press it all the time, when I'm driving past another guardian on a sparrow in patrol, and I just want to give him a little friendly toot toot as I pass by, <laughs> like an acknowledgement, like hey, hey buddy, you know, and and just as you pass, just as acknowledging people are there, and I go to press it, and like oh, every time, because there's no noise, just like my guardian. So let me make noise. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I want my character and my sparrow to make noise. Um, what else bothers me? Um, oh yeah, having no kiosks, which the kiosks themselves aren't the problem, but for a collector's game, there is no way to view an entire collection uh, to see what you don't have and what you need to get. Because if they had that, that would like trigger that weird collector thing in my head and make me want to get everything obsessively. But I have no idea what I don't have. Uh, what else is there? Man, I all I wanted, all I wanted at the very like when you when you finally down Gaul <laughs> on the last <laughs> in the last mission, I would love if our guardian just said like, "Let me reacquaint you." Like, just feed his line back to him at the yes. very end of the campaign. Yes. Yeah, that that would make everything Here's better. Here's something you just something something you had on there. You have uh, what what did you do to hunters? I had I had yeah. something like that on mine uh, that I did I skipped over. But since you said that, <laughs> I said, "What do I use throwing knives for again?" Because I oh gosh, I hate that. It's like a secondary grenade. <laughs> hmm. It's just yeah, the hunters thing is just. A combination of everything that annoys me about hunters at the moment, because I made a hunter and I love it, but I want to, I want to be able to play it viably. It's it's a combination of the whole issue with mobility, uh, and that capping out. I use miter. I'm a dirty miter user. It's capped already. None of my gear does anything. Um, well, here's the, the the jump not being good, and matching up to any of the other jumps, because I literally well. can't get on top of things that like my boyfriend playing Titan can. First, first jump. Use the don't use the triple jump. Use the first jump, especially on Night Stalker. You can. It's ridiculous how high you jump. But I need the triple jump. 
But the I first used to use bones of Ao. It's like the, a fir the first jump gives you more height than all all the triple jumps combined. Really? It's bananas how far but, you can jump with it. But see, that's dumb. It <laughs> takes a lot of getting used to, and I don't like it because I have a habit of jumping off really tall things, and I use the double jump of triple jump to brace my impact. But yeah, see, that's what I do all the time, and if I fall off edges, I can get back up. So. I don't know if I would be able to get used to that, but it is good to know, because it's frustrating that I can't, like, there's one, there's been a couple of scannables that you can jump up to, mm -hmm. and I can't get there. I physically cannot jump on top of that yeah, thing. Yeah, max your mobility, put on Mida, and then put on the first jump, and... I mean, I put you'll, on Mida, and it's mobility's maxed. <laughs> you'll hit that second jump and be like, oh my, I am so high in the air mm. right now, it's Oh, okay, good to know. I can always switch it out and back if I have to get up on something. Yeah. It um, also annoys me. Oh, yeah, everything being RNG. I'm fine with RNG, but everything is RNG, which is kind of annoying. Tokens. Um, especially feed, the, like, feed, the, feed the slot machine with your tokens. Yeah, like the, the vendor thing. It's like <laughs> whenever we play Crucible, my boyfriend always says, we go back to Shax and he says, feed the tokens through the slot on his helmet and pull the horn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much. Amazing, amazing mental image in my head. <laughs> and you hear the clunk of the token going down yeah. to the bottom. Um, all the chests give me the same crap. Like, everything shares the same. Like, you were talking about with... The engrams from, um, was it Zavala or Shax, whatever, yeah, and, and, Shax Hawthorne. and Hawthorne. Everything shares the same loot table plus whatever they have. Yeah. And like, I'm sick of getting, like, <sighs> Cade Chess. Cade Chess, why? Like, I'm sick of paying so much to get these maps and then getting a blue pair of boots. Or nothing. Out of it. Or nothing, or a, which or I have gotten several times. Nothing. It's like, uh, I paid for this. Can I have some stuff, please? Even nope. if it's terrible stuff. Results not guaranteed. That's what you get when you gamble with food. <sighs> yeah, well, it's annoying. Um, and <laughs> dead ghosts not being an issue anymore. Like, that just happened to stop. <laughs> what, a, what a missed opportunity that is. Uh... I, I would love to be able to scan a dead ghost and hear an audio version preview of the last thing it heard. You know? Here's, here's, here's the idea that I had. Uh, is that so you want to update that system for Destiny 2? Fine. When the Traveler released its pulse, it revived every single dead ghost in the Ooh. world. Right? But what what happens now is that you have ghosts that are alive with guardians who died when they didn't have their light. So you need to track down these lost ghosts and hear the stories of the guardians who died. Ah, like that'd be that, really cool. That fits in with what happened in the game. It fits in with the lore. You get to tell some really cool stories about guardians who didn't make it out of this particular ordeal, uh, and it gives us something to hunt down. Uh, hey, hey, uh, hmm. drop slash. I hate yeah. you for saying that. Because Why? now that's what I want. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. That would be so. That would be awesome. I don't think anybody listening could argue with that. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah. But at the very least, I want to be able to find them, scan them, hear an audio clip. Yeah. If that's yeah. if that's all they can implement, I'd love that. Because I loved being able to... Like, I was on websites on my computer next to me, just like, all right, where's the next... Because I can't find this one last ghost. Where is it? I mean, that, that right <laughs> like, there is is, you know, 
12 quests per planet, you know, are, you know, tracking mm, yeah. this, this lost ghost and, you know, rescuing it from something, you know, I mean, anything, you know, they could take that so many different ways, just like we talked about before. So many, I feel like missed opportunities that, that could have just made, made the player much more engaged. Um, you could give all those ghost names, uh, like you could just you could totally blow up those out really easily. Like I think it'd be you could write some really cool and stuff. and like you know I think about that I'm like oh is that just too much to do? No, it's not too much because look at like a Borderlands. How many places you had to go to meet somebody or to do a little quest to go? I don't know freaking get three pencils to take back to some dude who had like some weird fetish or I don't it doesn't you know any <laughs> anything like that but like. That would have. I mean, you could you could have and you could have them trigger in the wild too. Like remember uh, in Destiny One, where after you did three bounties in a given zone, you'd get like, "Hey, I'm picking up a transmission," and it would give you the new patrol yeah. bounty. Like yeah, you could, I love that. you could totally like be running through the woods right in the EDZ, and all of a sudden, Ghost is like, "Hey, I'm picking up the faint trail of another ghost," and yeah. that starts the quest line. Exactly. Yeah that that would have been great. Um, and even on the on the whole line of the ghosts, and you were talking about giving them names and stuff, I was just thinking like I want to hear another ghost talk and have it not sound exactly the same as mine. Yeah. Well, because in the story, written story, there's other ghosts with other names who have different voices because some ghosts are she's and some ghosts are he's and some ghosts are fancy sounding and like. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear another voice. Like it, it could have happened when. Cade was hiding and fail safe and his ghost was out there. Could have just yeah. be like a look out Cade. You know, <laughs> whatever. Well, because I haven't said it in a long uh, time. If anyone from Bungie's out there listening, uh <laughs> 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 You've got you've got two days to contact me before I move back to the East Right, Coast. yeah. <laughs> uh good stuff. I mean I'll be out in the States soon and I'll I'll voice some ghosts. <laughs> right. Do it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it kind of annoyed me with that because there was an imbalance of no one else's ghost talked, but my ghost was the only one that talked out of our little pair. Well, now <laughs> I didn't talk, well, so, but no one else's ghost. So now talking. I'm thinking about you know, okay, if you got a voice actor, a lot of those voice actors can do multiple voices, you know. So even if it's just one line per ghost or something weird like that, but then I'm like, wait a minute, if they had Morla do some of those ridiculous voices she did for us. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear... I want to hear that... Uh, I want to hear one of those those Valley Girl go- ghosts now. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. Oh, my God, where'd but my guardian go? Though, I wouldn't... <laughs> 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 oh, but, but seriously, though, if they just said, like... They don't even have to pay for voice actors. If they said... Hey, volunteer, come over to our studio and speak a line for a ghost and your voice will be in the game. How many people would jump well, up to do yeah, that? Well, yeah, but I mean... Yeah, that would be chaos. Yeah, but who... <laughs> I know, but like, I'm just saying, like, if it was one line and it didn't even have to be great, it just had to be there, how many people could they get to, like, in a contest or something, <laughs> have a volunteer, so you don't even have to, have to pay voice actors to do a single line in well they wouldn't have to i mean if they did stuff like that they wouldn't have to pay a single voice actor ever because i mean there'd be plenty i mean who wouldn't who wouldn't volunteer but for a single line of ghost it doesn't have to be super quality voice acting 
It can be just someone saying right. a line. Because it's a one-off. It's it's in the background. It doesn't matter. But it, it still enriches the environment. It, it makes the story. It, it The ghosts are talking. They're not silent. I would, I would, I'll say right now, I would 100% pay to have ghosts implemented in the game. You track, like this, what exactly we just talked about. Sherb, I would want you to voice one. Uh, I would want Bife to voice one. Uh, and I would want uh, Kex to voice one with his accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think those would be absolutely amazing. Can you. Like imagine, and again, imagine that for for especially people for people who are fans of of Bife and his show, can you imagine if you stumbled across a ghost? <laughs> yeah. In the wild, that was his voice, and he's that ghost is telling you about the guardian it used to belong Dude, to. Dude, there's there's so people with- the guys from Rooster Teeth. Do voices in Halo, yeah, you know, and I mean, that drove people crazy. That was awesome. That was amazing to to find those little things. Oh, that would be yeah. It's an Easter egg for people who are yeah, fans. I agree. Yeah. Any, and it was also just a funny thing for people. Who anybody no in the idea. community that has a has kind of that one of those recognizable voices that has done a lot for the community, I think would deserve to be a voice. That that'd be the thing right there. Is have have Could all you? these ghosts community voices you know have a gathalian ghost and have a have a broman ghost have mr. A mr fruit, fruit do a ghost. exactly you coming across a mr fruit ghost exactly exactly <laughs> that would be qu- yeah. and, and you know what i mean that would that would just be but that would be such a great way for bungie to to say here's how focused on our community we are you know what i mean that would be awesome yeah yeah we love uh, you guys too here's some of your people that you like <laughs> And to you know, find them, that'd be that'd the. Be, be. We're we're a part of the community as well. It's it's part of it. Yep, and then and then there you go. Yeah, you already nice. have names of the ghosts. You don't even have to name them. Yeah, Mr. Fruit. Who <laughs> <laughs> just think if your ghost was actually named Mr. Fruit, that would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, heck, Bungie, if, you, if you're listening, I'm I'm oh, here. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Please. I mean, I would pay for an entire voice pack to have Sherb just be my regular ghost. <laughs> that would Good be stuff. fun. Well, let's keep that. moving on, man. We're uh, we're about. Yeah, I should read the things I like because I just yeah. talked all my all my salt pile, and now I just need like something yeah, to go. go with it. Some vinegar, perhaps. I don't know. So we're gonna hit the three hour limit of our. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll just go through this quick then. Um, <laughs> I love climbing on things. Woo! It's fun. I love being able to smack my body into the side of an object and climb it. It's great. Uh, public events are really fun and being able to make them heroic is an awesome addition and it's awesome especially if you have lots of other guardians there I love doing public events uh, and on that note Flashpoint and the extra challenges that come with that like you were saying about the like extra people that arrive like the dude with his sword and everything like that yeah. that come with public events on a Flashpoint zone you know the giant shank or whatever fake I like calling his buddy. Like it's 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 awesome. Uh, in having vendors in patrol is is pretty cool because that that's a, kind of a new thing. Um, makes it seem a little more alive, if not, you know, not entirely. But it's a little it's a little something. There's someone there. You're not the only one. Um, and maps for patrol. The way they've done the maps in patrol with the fast travel points all around, including the tower, and like being able to see where you are. Huge improvement, in my opinion, uh, on Destiny One. I, I 
it was so so much of like looking at the map in Destiny 1, like, okay, so that land juts out there. I think that's where I am, like, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Um, they, the maps are so much better. Uh, and being able to see your public events coming up and the Lost Sectors and the chests and everything like that. Really Just let well us done. see our fire team members, please. Yeah, yeah. That's the only frustrating thing. <laughs> um, shaders, I said tentatively because it's not the consumable part i don't like that but being able to individually apply them to way more stuff because you include weapons and sparrows and ships now it's awesome i love it and i feel like the thumbnails of the shaders are so much better than destiny one half the time in destiny one it looked purple and pink and you put it on and there's just red (laughs) what where did that come from whereas this one i feel like it accurately represents it and it's got the textures or the gloss on it uh, and it looks more like what you're going to get, which is good. Um, I've seen a few really cool mock-ups of how you could do that on Reddit, of like seeing all of it previewed at once. Like I saw a mock-up the other day where it was the Guardian standing there, and you could see each shader applied to the helmet, the chest, the gloves, the boots, oh, nice. the mark, and the weapon, all on the one screen. Because they were saying, like, it's great to preview one thing, but you can't preview how it looks mixed and matched. Yeah. Which, yeah, so it could be improved, but I, I love being able to just pick and choose individual parts to apply it to. Because, again, in Destiny 1, you know, everything would be purple except for your helmet. And you're like, oh, come back and just change that one thing. <laughs> Didn't fix it up. Um, yeah, Easter eggs and scannables in social spaces. Uh, I think are really cool. Like, Easter eggs in terms of, like, the Traveler Ball and the high jump and the scout patrol, whatever mm-hmm. it is, in um, the farm. I, th- I find that really fun. It's just a little thing to do and play around with. Uh, and I feel like the social spaces are much better with all the NPCs they have. They feel more alive. I love being able to go to the bazaar and seeing people lining up for food or trading in the markets. Rather or than eating just... ramen. Or eating ramen, yeah. And just seeing people walking around, carrying boxes, having conversations, and they have a lot more of an advanced path that they take. You know, someone in the hangar walks over and fixes something, carries a box to their friend who then, you know, walks over somewhere else. And That dead orbit team that, that transmats out of their ship and, like, hoofs it over to their commander and then hoofs back yeah. to the ship and flies off. Yeah, and I feel like they've, they've done that really well because I remember chilling with NPCs <laughs> in Destiny 1. <laughs> oh, hey, coffee cup girl. You going to walk over near the speaker again? Cool. <laughs> You know? And turns like, must be tough out there, Guardian. Stares off into space blankly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, I feel like they've done the NPCs and the social spaces really well. I love I loved the tower and everything. Uh, and I also love how Eververse is in comparison to Destiny 1. Um, because I love getting bright engrams for your level ups instead of motes of uselessness. Um, and not feeling like I have to, st- not feeling like I have to spend real money to get cool things. Sure you know helps but i think i can look at what eververse has got and think i could get this i I could grind and get it much more easily um and being and getting bright dust as part of the bright engrams is i really like that because it's like well then i now i have a bit of currency to spend if i want specific things and there hasn't really been a point where i felt desperate to get some silver haven't no, I haven't yet. either. I've been buying a lot of ghosts just to try and get perfect rolls. Like, like that's my end game activity, trying to get perfect rolls on my ghosts. Yeah, so, like, I could buy silver, and it was once or twice I thought about it, but I haven't felt like I have to. 
um, just to get everything. Because I'm trying to get all like the Optimacy set and stuff. I'm like, oh, I'll get it eventually from Engrams when it's that week, you know. As long as you do it before the end of season one. Yeah. I'll get there. I don't know. Every time I open a bright Engram, I get a gift of bright dust. So I've got like thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of bright dust because they don't want to give me anything else. <laughs> but that's still good because then that's that's you know that's like getting a gift card for your birthday. You're like I can now choose things. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like how they've done that uh, and made it feel less like the pay to win tack on like not pay to win but you know it's it's less of the this is just for the people who pay. Yeah. And uh, this is also for the people who pay and everyone else if you want to grind. Now, how crappy would it be if uh, you find out that Bright Dust is only a season one currency? Mm. <laughs> they change it. I would they be change very, the currency on season two. Nuts. <laughs> I would be very grumpy. S- slightly brighter dust. <laughs> right. Uh, sorry. Yeah. sorry it's the first Goodness. thing I thought of you like I got thousands yeah. and thousands I'm like wait a minute what if that became useless <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh goodness but um but yeah I I like how Eververse works now and with um is it what well rested or something whatever it's called when you're yeah. at the beginning of the week you get yep. bright engrams fairly quickly yes you do like nowhere quickly as you did first levels but I remember hearing people say oh it's so hard to get them you know it's forever grinding I'm like I feel like I get two or three a week yeah that's a good that's a good list like, just if you play all week so I like I like your your likes those are great yeah I do like a lot of things uh there's a yeah, lot of things lot. that are problematic but I like a lot of things this is <laughs> a good game drop stuff yeah. he doesn't hate is kind of fun too <laughs> Stuff I don't okay. Stuff I don't hate. Now do the stuff yeah, I yeah. hate first. Ready? The flavor text. Oh my god! I have an aneurysm every time I open my menu. Barring some of like the raid weapons and some of the D one exotics, there, it, I feel like ninety percent of the flavor text in this game was an algorithm generated five word sentence. <laughs> it's awful. It's so bad. The lore tabs are bad. The flavor texts are just garbage. Uh, we used to have a whole section of this show devoted to the cool stories <clears throat> that were hidden in flavor text. <laughs> and now they're barely a sentence. So. We put these keywords into a neural net processor and it came out without flavor text. That's exactly what it's like. What is it's your like stripper me. name? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's awful. I can't. The flavor. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe there. Some. Some of the flavor text in Destiny One is so unbelievably good. Like there were clever and there were funny references and weird stories. And they just like let people go. I don't. And I know. Sure. Maybe it's a localization thing, and it's easier to auto translate an algorithmically generated short sentence into a dozen different languages. But it still doesn't make it good. You can be uh, funny in other languages too. <laughs> uh, and then most of the other writing, some of the dialogue is so cringe-inducing, and it uh, like I think I mean, Asher gets a pass from me, even though he has some really cringe-worthy dialogue too. I like his voice actor and I like his attitude because it I think mirrors my own a lot. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like Asher at all. But at the same time, I don't like failsafe, and a lot of people do. So anyway, 
<laughs> I love how it's like most of the other writing on your list. Yeah. So it's like uh, the flavor text, everything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, oh, my cotton socks gets a pass for me. Because <laughs> I think that whole sequence with Cade is brilliantly voiced by Nathan Fillion. Mm. Uh, because that is one of the few moments in the story where you really get this idea that Cade knows exactly what he was talking about and he needs you to do a very specific thing because he has the answer. And when we don't do it, things go south again immediately. Like, he give the guy some credit. He knows what he's doing. But nobody... He, you just gotta listen to what he says. Uh, but so much of the other dialogue, I think somebody somebody said that our ghost is now like the Jar Jar Binks of destiny. <laughs> uh, and man, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's too close to home. Uh, Would you pay for a voice pack of Jar Jar Binks ghost? Oh my gosh. I don't know that I'd tell the difference. I, I, I would, absolutely, because I'm already picturing it in my head. <laughs> Hilarious. He needs the oh, little boy, ears, though. Vex Milk Lake, we's gonna stop? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I, I think I would pay for that, too. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I have I have huge problems. Again, but the, the two comparisons I've been making recently are... Uh, one is everything plays out like a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, you you can't take anything seriously because it's all about just like what gets us to the next explosion. Uh, and as long as you tune in next week to see more stuff that only gets you to the explosion, it's like I I think I could marathon Dragon Ball Z and extract better dialogue than some of the stuff we got in Destiny 2 and that's just mostly screaming uh, and uh, the other comparison I'm making a lot is that Destiny has turned into like the Michael Bay Transformers movies where <laughs> just like just keep piling stuff on like oh is there actual lore and history to the Aetherian legends and the Knights of the Round Table. It doesn't matter. Make a Transformers movie about it, like robots and dinosaurs. Like just that's what that's what Destiny Two. The writing really has become sort of like that, uh, where and there's you don't you it doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> uh, you could make it. You could make you could write like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Which leaves a bunch of things open ended. Uh, spo- not, I no spoilers, but it there's very engaging things that are left open ended without you going. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> like that doesn't even make any sense. Like it makes sense in the context of the world, and it sets up an amazing sequence of potential events, and you could dig in and find more history to it if you wanted to, but they they don't give it to you. All, they don't. They don't actually show it to you. That's a. It's a great example of like telling you about something to make you more interested without having to like spoon feed it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you touched on this a little bit uh, with the kiosks being gone, but the complete lack of any kind of collection or cataloging systems. No collections. No kiosks. No grimoire. You can't mm. even go see the old grimoire on the site. So. It bugs the hell out of me. And you've mentioned this a couple of times, like, for this being a collecting game, which is something that Luke Smith has explicitly referred to it as. Give me a break. Uh, and coming 
coming from a studio associated with Blizzard, like, how do you, how could you hang out with the guys from Diablo <laughs> and World of Warcraft and not get some of this stuff right? It's shocking mm. to me. Not yeah, that I just, not that Diablo three was perfect on launch, but they got there. Uh, things I don't like: uh, extremely shallow and empty world. Uh, one of my biggest gripes here is that the characters in the world do not even react to the events of the world. <laughs> like, it is completely lifeless. No, Not a single person reacts to the fact that the Leviathan showed up and started eating Nessus. Like, it's a big deal, right? Like, Asher makes a big deal about Failsafe being a Golden Age AI... We make a big deal about it. Cade makes a big... Everybody makes a big deal about Nessus. And then it starts to get eaten and nobody says a damn word about it. It's like, come on. It's The, the world feels so... And again, like, Saladin's another good example of there. Uh, and an empty world. And I mentioned this before. Io is a good example of an empty world where we're told it has all the significance and all this importance and all this important things happened here. But there's the, it's empty. There's nothing there. It doesn't... Those, there's no proof to that. It doesn't exist. Uh, and that's frustrating. Uh, practically no attention to detail uh, or recognition of Destiny 1 events. This bugs the hell out of me too. Uh, nobody ever mentions outbound signal. Like that was a big deal. Dead Orbit and Zavala working together to try and track down the transmission that was eventually going to call the Cabal Empire to our system. Then we get an entire game about the Cabal Empire arriving in our system and nobody mentions outbound signal. <laughs> yeah. Or any or any of the stuff the Cabal learned from the Hive. Like the, the Cabal learned from the Hive how to take our light. <laughs> Never mentioned in Destiny 2. Uh, nothing of the Taken King, the Dark Below, anything from Rise of Iron. Nobody mentions any of this stuff. Like, uh, and I get it. There, there have to be dialogue options for people who didn't play Destiny One, but it make it, it kills the world uh, for anybody who did. Mm. Uh, and then no attention to details. The fact that so much stuff just can't stand up to, to critical thought. Like again. Not to harp on poor Sloane, but she's the perfect example of how there's just no attention to detail. Uh, and, and that just creates a general disconnect from Destiny 1 that I don't like. Uh, stuff I do like. Uh, ledge Scurry. You mentioned this, Sherb. Uh, I, ledge Scurry is amazing. And the other quality of life improvements, like no sprint cooldown uh, mm -hmm. and not getting constantly kicked out of your menus... Uh, are great things. Uh, 100% like pure improvement from Destiny 1. And I, uh, I, I want to jump on that with like uh, being able to go into your menu and pick a location without having to jump to orbit first. Oh yeah, the no orbit thing. Yep. Yeah, the, the number of times I've been playing with my boyfriend who's a, he's always fire team leader and he'll be like, you'll see the countdown 3, 2, oh wait, we don't have to go to orbit. I can just take us straight there. And I'm like, oh yeah, we always have to remind ourselves we don't have to go to orbit before we go anywhere else. And it's great because every time we're just like, ah. <laughs> it makes that a huge I difference. I mean, that does though, if somebody, you know, if somebody busts off to a new area before you do and they don't tell you where they're going, why can't I see my fire team on my map? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, things I do like. Quick Fang. I love Quick Fang. I think Destiny 2 is very slow, and that bothers me, especially as a hunter. Uh, and I hate that mobility is pretty much useless in this game, especially compared to recovery and resistance, which are, like, right now, my Warlock, I think I run 079 on my Warlock. Uh, and zero mobility means absolutely nothing to where I can go. Uh, and I, my Hunter runs 655 because there's just no options. Yes, that's uh, really good. <laughs> uh, Can't get higher than that. Yeah. So I, I, but I love Quick Fang. I love the way it handles. I love the way it changes your your run animation. I love that it gives you that that extra little boost, like background sort of like lightweight agility boost. I love playing the game in third person. Uh, so Quick Fang has been like a huge, huge boon uh, for Hunter for me. Uh, and Crown Splitter is also great. Uh, and I pointed this out before. Crown Splitter enables Titans to take zero fall damage. Uh, go find the highest thing you can in the game. Jump as high as you can off it. And then trigger Crown Splitter's heavy attack. You will plummet to the ground. And when you slam into the ground, you will not take a single point of damage. It's awesome. Like, one of my favorite things to do is Servitor's Grasp. And they launch you way up in the air. Look down, line it up, hit the heavy attack on Crown Splitter, and fall for like five straight seconds and just slam right into the Servitor's face. It's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, Asher Mir, I don't hate. Uh, <laughs> so my note here is that uh, someone once described Asher as what a dumb person thinks a smart person sounds like, uh, which is hilarious to me. Uh, but I do love his character. Uh, I love his characterization, too. He has a lot at stake, uh, and he's constantly pushing boundaries on everything and everyone because he knows he is short on time. Uh, he doesn't mince words, and he doesn't take crap from anybody. Uh, his character is ultimately tragic, but he's trying to make the best use of the time that he does have. Uh, and I really like that about his character. Uh, also, some of the things he says are just so funny to me, like, I will spare you the horrors of vague and repetitive praise, which I was going to say if you were going to read all those thank yous. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I, on that, I don't like that he actually does say thank you in the end. Yes. On one of those ones. I'm like, uh, it felt like a break of character that he actually says, oh, but thank you. I'm like, no, why did he thank me? He was, he was not supposed to. He's supposed to just be grumpy at me the whole time. But he'll also say, he'll also say thank you and then say, never speak of this again. Yes. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Orpheus Rig. We were talking earlier about hunters and what happened to them. Orpheus Rig is one of the few truly pieces of exotic armor in this game, and it allows knights to... It, it brings the job to a whole other level. Uh, I wrote here, these are the boots of true professionals. The rig makes Night Stalker feel like an actual evolution from Destiny 1 and continues the tradition of badass Night Stalker exclusive exotics. I miss you, Graviton Forfeit. Uh, and I'll say this now because a lot of people... When I tell people this, they're like, no way. I'm like, Orpheus Rig does not just recharge your tether. It recharges your grenade, your smoke, and your dodge. Mm. Uh, so when you're running the rig, and you mentioned that uh, high public event with the two a la cool guys, the two knights, that, that 
public event becomes like the the god zone for Night Stalker. You drop a tether in front of that portal when a wave of thrall run out, it will completely recharge your tether, your smoke, and your dodge. So you can literally, I have an amazing gif of this, jump in the air, shoot a tether, immediately throw your smoke and your grenade, immediately wombo combo, anything there. By the time you throw your smoke, you'll have your tether, your grenade, and your smoke back. Land on the ground, dodge, turn invisible, jump in the air, drop another tether, throw your grenade and your smoke. You'll have them all back in the next second. You can do that until the event ends. It's amazing. It makes Night Stalker feel like an amazingly forward evolution of the D1 Night Stalker. Because I think otherwise, Night Stalkers are regression from Destiny 1. But mm. Orpheus Rig totally changes the game. Uh, Which path do you run with Night Stalker? Because I'm just thinking, like, I haven't tried Orpheus. I got it last week. Top, you have to run the top path, the top uh, path which is okay. Trapper. If right. you run Pathfinder, what happens is when you launch your first tether, the Orpheus rig will only trigger on the last tether mm. of, of Pathfinder. And then the problem there is that by the time you've launched that last tether, most things most are already, dead. Yeah. Mm. And you need to tether eight things to fully recharge your your tether, and the I think the the trapper path the maximum number of of total tethers is ten, which is why you can get everything back instantly. Ah, so, okay, good to know because I hearing that I'm like I want to try this because I only just go, I only just got Orpheus and all oh, I've had to do with it, it is put it on and and put a cool shader on it, <laughs> and I haven't actually used it yeah take it. it take it to that public event uh hold it until the first wave of thrall run out drop it on top of them and just watch your all your abilities come back immediately and just keep doing it you can have like four or five tethers all out at the same time like it's awesome like it's so cool and it's great because that's balanced right so the orpheus rig doesn't help you in the crucible because you'll never tether more than four uh, and the odds of you getting all four people in a single tether. So you'll never get it all back in the Crucible. Mm. When you're just out on regular patrols, it's going to be rare yeah. that you'll ever get a chance to tether that many enemies at once. Only be in really crazy situations like that that you can yeah. get it. Yeah. But, That's really but, cool. Yeah, but like public event or an area where there's a ton of ads, you just become the ad control god. <laughs> and then you, you, lob, you lob your wombo combo. That the, the trapper path gives you basically bloodbound which causes enemies to explode once they're killed oh, with your yeah, tether. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're just setting off like void bombs everywhere. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It feels it's amazing and because a lot of the stuff happens in public events now in the game, it's just it's so good. Orpheus rig is just so unbelievably good. I love the uh, look of it too with the little quiver on the oh, leg. Look, it's the I best love, looking pants that Hunter I love exotics wear. that look like what their purpose is. Yes. Like you Except can see maybe, that it uh, lucky pants. Lucky pants are cool looking too. Oh yeah, well, because you can see it's got like the the bullets on it. It's really cool looking. Yep. Like it was like that way with like Peregrine Greaves, whatever. How they would shoot out little jets yeah, when you and jumped, the blades. and like you yep. could see it. Yeah, I love when you can see its purpose in yes. its design. Sorry, I'm taking so, up time. <laughs> We're running out of time. If you're a, if you're a hunter, get get Orpheus rig. It'll it's game changing. It's so good. Uh, the enemy of my enemy quest on Titan. It's the world quest for Titan. Uh, 
It's the quest line where you follow Mithrax the Forsaken around the rig and the Siren's Watch and Arcology, uh, and the one where you can choose not to kill him at the end. Uh, Mithrax has an amazing character model. He's the coolest fallen captain uh, I have ever seen. He's got such a unique model. Uh, for what it's worth, a Mithrax is a species of spider crab. Uh, and fun fact, in the World Registry of Marine Species uh, is known as worms, uh, which is where that Mithrax species is registered. So cool little nod to Titan, given all the, the crazy stuff that happens there with the hive. But I like that mission because it's the first real mission we get where the fallen are not our enemy. Uh, and the a lot of what happens makes sense. Uh because of sort of like the the way that methane is structured uh, as a carbonate uh, can also be reduced and adapted to create ether. So it makes sense that a captain would be hunting down the methane engines on Titan to try maybe adapt them to make ether. And he realizes it doesn't work at the end. And then, you know, when you choose not to kill him, which you can do, he'll thank you and just sort of peace out. Uh, and that's awesome. Like that, that's, that's laying groundwork for not necessarily working together, but at least some kind of neutral stance between the fallen and the guardians. Uh, I think that's really an, an awesome thing to think about. Uh, and my number six is the music. Uh, I think some of the music re repeats too much, uh, and it doesn't invoke, I think, the same scale as the Taken King does. But a lot of the music is really, really good. There are some great tracks that play in the game, uh, especially Nessus and Titan. Uh, Nessus has like some crazy, weird, like synth ambient, like almost chiptune style music that plays sometimes. That's so vex. It's awesome. Uh, and Titan has like some really like grungy horror style, uh, like almost metal sounding uh, ambient tracks to play. Like, I spent a lot of time having that music play in the background because I was breaking out of zones. Uh, and you, when, once you spend like five or six hours in a row in a zone, the music starts to repeat. Uh, but it's really good. It's really good. I still think Path to Oryx uh, into Regicide from Taken King is the, the greatest combo piece of music in Destiny so far, but yeah, good job. Good job on the music in D2. It's great. Mm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I think we we did a good job of not being overly salty or <laughs> whatever you want to call it <laughs> no it's fun though it's it's fun talking about these things and you know like i said anybody listening and and drop said at the beginning play the game you want to want to play you know play it the way you want to play it it's not you know it's it's not our job to tell you how to play or, or what to like and what to dislike it's up to you and other people let them play it the way they want to play it you know and let the i mean everyone's got opinions and, you know, they're they're obviously playing the game for a lot of the same reasons we are. And some people get 
more frustrated with the things we've been talking about than others, and it might cause them to leave the game for a while. But you watch, they'll be back. They'll be back, and and as soon as you know the first DLC drops or or big change happens, and and that's okay. That's all right. That's the way a lot of people play. And like I said, you know, a lot of the streamers were struggling finding. You know, they they couldn't they couldn't play Destiny the way they played. They used to play it. And it's not a sustaining game at the moment for them to build and keep an engaged audience for. So you'll see them going away from the game and coming back. Don't let them influence you either. You know, if you like the game, play it. Um, Man, I don't envy the poor. I I certainly don't envy the Crucible streamers. Right. Uh, Because, again, like how many in Destiny 1, how many amazing montages did we get? You know, of just like full team like Nova bombs or like somebody going crazy with hammers or like a blade dancers blade like there were so many or like somebody pulling off a super clutch snipe or there was so many like standout moments where big plays you could really celebrate big plays but in the crucible now there's just not a lot of opportunity for big plays so it becomes sort of tedious to try and to watch it because one so, one person could be a hero. Like you could team wipe with <laughs> in Destiny right. One. Like you could really hammer it home. So it made people into superstars. Yep, and it was fun to do. I, I you know, I I got lucky enough to hear the uh, the the little Overwatch Easter egg from Shaq. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, you can trigger die, with, die, die. Exactly. Yeah, twenty. I think it's twenty kills and no deaths, yeah. and you'll trigger this thing. And I was lucky enough to to get 24 in a match and and uh scoob was there and i recorded it and i was pretty excited <laughs> about it but but yeah i mean it's you know those things i guess probably don't happen nearly as often as they might have in in d1 because it's hard to be a superstar anymore yeah. but uh i got one more thing i want to talk about real quick just because i thought this was really cool um on january 28th of 2016 when we were chosen for the community focus uh, on Bungie, uh, Cosmo sent us over some questions to answer, and the one that I I'm I read and liked the most because I went back and I, I don't know why I was looking this up, but I went back to look over it real quick. Do you have any interesting theories on Destiny lore or predictions of where the story will go? And Dropslash had this to say. I'm not going to let him read it. I'm going to read it for him. The speaker is not who or what he says he is. The Traveler is not the pious savior we're led to believe. Osiris knows this, which is part of why he was exiled. I predict that as Osiris starts to play a larger and larger role in the story, we'll be faced with huge revelations about our world and the Traveler. The story is going to become about our characters who are far more powerful than just Guardian, our own character included. Toland, Marsov, Osiris, Oryx, the Traveler, the Worms. Our reality will become the plaything of new gods. Um, yeah. Uh, over a year and a half ago, that was said by Dropslash, and kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. The speaker's not who he says he is. Well, we found that out, and the, uh, the Traveler's not this pious savior. Well, uh, we'll see, but yeah, that's kind of kind of close Osiris coming back in a big way yep we know that's a fact um so yeah it, I, I just read that and I was like wow that was that's pretty cool. pretty cool <laughs> and of course 
you know, Scooby had something to say about the Ahamkara, and mine was, I predict Bungie will continue to woo us with their amazing lore and gameplay, and well, I guess one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. I just I love that. I liked reading that and saying, man, that was you know the the definition of hitting the nail on the head. So, was that before? Strong work there, drop slash. Or after. What's that? Was that those questions? Were they before Taken King or after? Uh, January of 2016. Um, so after. Oh, after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool to have. Yeah, because we didn't know. Callback. Yeah, after Taken King, but before the April update. Mm, with okay. Yeah. 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 So. That's very cool. Anyway, oh, sometimes, and then, sometimes uh, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I like the uh, I like well I I didn't post any more but there was a what changes or additions would you like to see that would make Destiny better and uh, again back to drop he says mechanics wise I'd love to see a community chest for clans <laughs> which is I mean they kind of you know they they kind of did a community thing for the clans not exactly what you described yeah. they're certainly implementing sharing... clan stuff in the game more yeah but. And Scoob had an awesome idea for raid gear. I mean, there's just and the, the whole. I read. I read through this this whole, you know, community focus thing and some of the stuff we said back then. It's like, man, that stuff still works today. And it's just like, it's neat. It's neat to go have have something like that to go back and look at. So, I'm scared. All right. I'm scared about the Osiris DLC. Yeah. Yeah. That you're gonna not be happy with it. Yeah. Well. Here's the thing, like, again, this and this comes back to, I mean, there's a, a bunch of reasons why I'm concerned about it, you know, for stuff I've already talked about. But again, one of the big ones, the disconnect for des- people who didn't play Destiny 1. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can't, at this, you cannot retcon Osiris into not being a Sunsinger. Like, he is the epitome of Sunsinger. So if we <laughs> roll up on Osiris and he is Dawnblade, I'm going to be so so mad <laughs> yeah that would be uh but hey maybe we'll roll up and he'll be sun singer and that's going to open the door to get those three original uh i think subclasses subclasses back i mean i certainly yeah. think that i again i prefer sun singer i never touched on blade i think but i love sun singer i love sun singer i'd love to see sun singer come back but i don't think or- that's likely or at least if they're not brought back, they're officially acknowledged Reckon to have existed. That, yeah. Yeah. Beyond yep. a name drop. Oh. All right. Well, that does it. We got a, man, another three plus hour episode. <laughs> of And it didn't doesn't feel like we talked that long. <laughs> and I know, we, I know we talked about a lot of stuff this episode. Um, might be a little bit before you hear from us. Drop Slash is relocating, as you mentioned earlier not going to be available to us for a while if we come up with any fun stuff to talk about while he's gone we might do that but uh but maybe not we'll see we um we really got to get some of these lore episodes written and and talked about and and uh time is is not on our side right now so we'll be back eventually we need some lore before we can do that well we've got other stuff we can work with planets and characters we've got yeah that's right i have those frameworks so no deep dives but something but we've had plenty of people asking us when the next episode is, and feel free to keep bothering us about it. We don't mind. We actually 
like to know that people miss us. Um, <laughs> For those listening, it is now. Now is the next episode. Right. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, uh, have a good one. We will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. See ya.